Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Joe Biden got caught in a very serious quid pro quo. Democrats are threatening to pull military aid from Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia won't help them win the midterms, which is, um, well, I can't say I'm surprised. They claimed that Donald Trump was doing all of this, which he wasn't. Ukraine claimed there was no quid pro quo. And now the gist of the story is that the Democrats went to Saudi Arabia and said, do not halt oil production for one month, just one month. And then after that, do whatever you want. Why just one month? It's, is there something big happening in the next 25 days? So, of course, they'll deny it. But now you have Democratic members of Congress that are putting forward legislation to basically pull aid from Saudi Arabia. Biden is threatening Saudi Arabia, saying we're going to be looking at everything we can. This is them basically saying quid pro quo. You better give us what we want. Help us win or else. Let's see how much the mainstream media actually carries this story. Surprisingly, CNBC is picking it up. So we'll talk about that. Plus, oh, I love this. I just want to mention this. It's kind of a passive story, but Snopes acknowledging true gas was under $2 during Donald Trump. We've also got on the ballot in Oregon, a, a, it's, a, it's a provision inching towards secession from Oregon. That's it's Eastern Oregon into greater Idaho, which is very, very interesting. And oh, I love this one so much. AOC gets heckled by what appears to be progressives for supporting war in Ukraine and funding the Azov Battalion. So you earned it, AOC. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member by clicking that beautiful Join Us button. When you sign up, we default the payment through Parallel Economy, co-founded by Dan Bongino. I'm a big fan. He's doing a lot of tremendous work helping push back against censorship. All of our infrastructure is through Rumble's cloud infrastructure. As a member, you aren't just getting access to the exclusive uncensored members shows. We'll have one up for you tonight. You're also helping these companies like Rumble and Parallel Economy, as well as Timcast. You're helping us build that that space in the long run. What I really hope happens is we're just one customer of Parallel Economy. I hope that more and more businesses start using them as their payment processor so we can give a big F you to the woke corporations that are debanking people. So go to TimCast.com, sign up, but don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel and share this video. Be the notification. We're about a month out. People are saying YouTube's no longer sending out notifications for the show. They're str- Here's the crazy thing. People are saying it won't even appear on the channel. It won't even appear on YouTube and they have to try and find it. It's hard for them to find. Some are like they got to get someone to send them the URL. Yeah, dirty games. So if you are listening, take the URL and share it so that people who can't find it will be able to and new people might find out about it. Joining us today to talk about all of this and more is Jim Antle. Good to be here. Thanks who, for having me. Who are you? I'm politics editor, Washington Examiner, author of Devouring Freedom, Can Big Government Ever Be Stopped? It was more than one page. Oh, okay. Oh. I hope the answer to that question is no. I mean, I mean, it's yes, not no. <laughs> it can it be was, stopped. <laughs> it was yes. I don't know if I rewrote it now. I'm, I might be a little more skeptical, but yeah. I actually think, you know, as, as crazy as things are getting, I, I, I'm very optimistic about everything that's happening because it, it's getting crazy because they're getting desperate. You know, right. they're thrashing around all violently and crazy, but their ratings are in the gutter. People aren't paying attention anymore. They're getting exposed. So 
Thanks for hanging out, man. Should be a, should be, should, uh, should be a blast. We also got the t-shirt vendor himself. Hey guys, my name's Zerkodowski here of WeAreChange.org. Today I'm wearing uh, my friend's Johnny's Hurley's shirt that reads, no master, no slave. Johnny was a hero that actually stopped a mass shooting in 2021. Uh, uh, the police actually took him out. It's a crazy story. I did a video about this in Arvada, Colorado that was just released on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash WeAreChange. And there's info where you could actually get this shirt where the profits are going to be going to the Johnny Hurley Foundation. Uh, so check it out on my YouTube page. Thanks. Hi, everyone. Ian Crossland here from iancrossland.net. Um, wearing one of my favorite shirts. Tim actually got me this as a gift one day. Thanks again, uh, Tim. You know, it's funny because we'll go out. I'll go to the mall or go to some weird store, and I'll see something, and I'm like, that's Ian. You know, like I saw that hoodie, and I was like, that's an Ian hoodie. It really, it, 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 I've become more the hoodie <laughs> as I've had it longer. Uh, we're, some, we're, we're secretly behind the scenes shaping Ian's character <laughs> without him realizing. We went I love to, it. We went to Cooper Rock in West Virginia. And they have a barrel full of rocks you buy by the oh, ounce. I've got a bunch of them here set up like, in front of me. Ian likes rocks, so I filled up a little bag and I bought it. And it was like five bucks. I massage this ruby throughout the show from time to time. Uh, and, and I'll let you guys know if you want to follow me on Mines. I'll let you know where I got or what company made this because people have been asking me if you want to get one for yourself. What's happening, Serge? Hey, guys, I'm here again. Uh, I am reading the comments if you guys saw me yesterday or in the evening, usually just until the night is up, until I feel like going to sleep. So I'll see you guys again there tonight later on. Uh, take it away, Tim. Serge is pressing the buttons. All right, here's the first story. We got this from TimCast.com. Biden wanted OPEC. OPEC Plus cuts delayed until after the midterms, Saudi Arabia says. Biden now faces allegations of quid pro quo similar to alleged deal that was the basis for impeaching former President Donald Trump. The, uh, this is from Hans Monk. He says this is extremely damning. In Trump's case, the, quote, victim of the quid pro quo, Zelensky, emphatically denied there was any suggestion of a quid pro quo. In Biden's case, the victim is formally accusing the U.S. of just that. Quick and simple, just to the story. Biden administration goes to Saudi Arabia and says, we know you're going to start cutting the production of oil. Wait one month. Just one month. That's uh, uh, conveniently just after the midterms. Saudi Arabia said, no, we're not going to do that. And it's, we're not going to do it for economic reasons. Now, it was initially reported that they were siding with Russia. That's one way you can frame it. And I think the media jumped at that because it kind of absolves the Democrats of any kind of a responsibility that, the, that it was really about just American interest and stopping the war. Now, we learned it was for one month. If the Democrats goal was really to help the American people with lower gas prices, and stop the war with Russia, to stop Russia being able to finance their war, they wouldn't have said, halt, uh, halt your, uh, keep production up for one extra month. They would have said, do not cut your production. Do not let Russia do this. Instead, it was obvious. They wanted a political advantage, a quid pro quo. And when they didn't get it, what we see now are the Democrats threatening Saudi Arabia with pulling military aid and other support. You know, if they really wanted to help, they would allow domestic energy exploration and production. They're not doing that. In the name of green energy, we're shipping in oil from Saudi Arabia, all in the name of fighting climate change, which is absolutely absurd. How many Yemenis children had to die for the U.S. petrodollar? And now we're at a situation where the Saudi empire is just slapping Joe Biden back and forth. And if you remember, just a couple weeks ago, Joe Biden had his landmark trip to Saudi Arabia, where he was going to turn on the faucet to oil. And after that trip, the Biden administration literally released a statement saying Saudi Arabia is on board. They're going to help us lower gas prices. Saudi Arabia came out and said, no, Joe's lying here. And now we're finding out, according to Saudi Arabia, which is absolutely, 
just such a big bombshell when it comes to Saudi Arabia saying this on the world stage because of the petrodollar, because of Yemen, because of how connected the United States was, especially when it came to f financing radical jihadists all throughout the Middle East with Saudi Arabia. You see the decoupling of Saudi Arabia and America. That to me is the biggest story here, which will have huge ramifications on the financial economy, not just with gas prices, but with the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar. So uh, World War Three is that, is that what's happening? No, uh, just uh, incompetent, crazy leadership. And this is not the first time we had a quid pro Joe, which I think it should be changed to after this latest revelation. Uh, you know, and, and Biden has a history of, of this. Yeah, he did this in 2015, especially when it came to the prosecutor in Ukraine looking into Burisma oil and his son's connections to this. He bragged with the president of the Council on Foreign Relations about firing him while holding aid money hostage to that particular country. So again, this is nothing new. This is a quid pro Joe. But this was done in such plain sight, other than the one-month aspect of it. I mean, he went hat-in-hand hand over to Saudi Arabia very publicly. He denied that he was going hat-in-hand, hand, that it was about oil. It was about the war effort, Russia. It was about the environment, climate change, all of these other things that he was going to go over there and, and fist bump with people he had said on the campaign trail he was going to make a pariah that he was going to isolate because of their role in Jamal Khashoggi's death, a murder. And uh, now, but their public reaction even to when OPEC Plus cut the production really felt like they felt double-crossed. Yeah. It, it wasn't, so, so much of this really happened it really, you could just watch television and see that this was unfolding. But the one-month aspect of it is really what's most damning. I say good. I, I am, uh, uh, man, hearing that Joe Biden is reeling from this makes it fills me with, um, what's that uh, schadenfreude? Yes. Mm, yeah, because Joe Biden has hampered U.S. energy production. Joe Biden said that he wants to get, get us off fossil fuels. He's, he's bragged about it. He campaigned on it. Congratulations. You will now reap what you have sown. You wanted to shut down Keystone. You wanted to ban fracking. You wanted to, you wanted to deny permits. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For energy exploration in the United States, I get it. A lot of people are concerned about carbon and fossil fuels and all that stuff. Great. Now, those people who are angry can go look at the pump and ask themselves why it costs so much money. But hey, as long as they know they're making it more expensive for themselves, I got no problem with them advocating for something they believe in. The problem is these people are screaming. There's that viral video where this woman's like, it was $95 to fill up my tank. The religious right did this. No, you did it to yourself. You voted for Joe Biden, who bragged about doing it. And now, because of this, because he campaigned on what you wanted, he goes and he bends the knee to Saudi Arabia and he says, come on, man, please, please, we need gas. We don't produce it anymore because of me. And then they laugh and they say, nah, it's okay. We're going to work with Russia on this one. And then he pouts and he has a temper tantrum and says, and we're going to cut off aid from your country. And then the media dances around the fact that this is overt corruption on behalf of the president who has done two things. He has hampered energy production in the U.S. for political gain. And then he begs Saudi Arabia to to give to make concessions to the United States just so we can win, win the midterms. And when they don't do it, he and other Democrats threaten them.
Talk about corrupt garbage. Yeah. There's also a lot of other things happening behind the scenes geopolitically. Uh, a lot of people are saying Saudi Arabia is with Russia, but I think it's even beyond that because Saudi Arabia makes most of their money selling oil. What has this administration promised to do? get off oil. This directly is going to piss off the Saudi Arabians right. who are saying our whole economy is at stake here, especially if the whole Western world gets off oil. Why are you pushing these policies? This is going to, of course, hurt us financially. So now they're at a situation saying, you know what? These people are not going to be dependent on us. So let's just take what we could get right now. Let's make sure we get a good profit off of the the stupid policies put on by Joe Biden that, of course, hindered domestic energy exploration and production. This is a deliberate action by the Biden administration that just blew back in its face. Um, and and correctly so. It, people should be pissed. People should be angry that the government tried to bamboozle them for a month, tried to, to, to lie to them for a month just for a better rating, just for a better outcome when it came to the midterm elections. That's I just wanna, disgusting. I want to show you this. This is CNBC reporting Biden administration asked Saudi Arabia to postpone OPEC decision by a month. And this is CNBC saying, notably, the White House's request would have delayed the decision until after the U.S. midterm elections. And just that. There was no long-term protection of gas prices for the American people. It was literally just, just wait one month. What would that accomplish? Let's say the election has nothing to do with it. What does a one month delay do for anyone? Does it end the war? No. Does it stop Russia from financing their war? No, it all would just carry on. All it does, the one thing, is it protects Democrats by keeping gas prices just slightly, slightly down up until the midterm elections. And then afterwards, off a cliff. Yeah. Rasmussen also says that there's a direct statistical correlation between approval ratings and gas prices. So of course, they try to bamboozle, they try to lie, they try to manipulate the situation just so they could get more power that they're going to, of course, use to screw you over even more, which hey, is crazy. Let me just, I want to fill in the picture of the quid pro quo. Here's CNBC again. Biden threatens consequences for Saudi Arabia after OPEC cut, but his options are limited. They are outright telling you right now, the president is threatening this country because they wouldn't help him, his party, win an election. Now we have The Guardian. Democrats issue fresh ultimatum to Saudi Arabia over oil production. And these people, man, this is dirty. What do you do? What do we do? Well, I, one Vote thing out? is to read. I mean, that's one way we can we can do things, but also, you know, become more knowledgeable on what's going on. I read the response from the Saudi Arabian kingdom. The last, uh, it's a great, it's a short read. It's like eight, par 10 paragraphs. <clears throat> the last paragraph says the kingdom affirms that it, uh, it, it view, it's a typo, that it view its, or maybe it's not, it view its relationship with the United States of America as a strategic one that serves the interests of both countries. It's very plainly saying, yo, we're only doing this because it benefits us both. Don't screw us over. Yep. There, are they a nuclear power at this point? I believe that, have we given them all the nuclear secrets? They have bo nuclear bomb? There's there's rumors that they did get a, a nuclear bomb I think through that, U.S. Uh, I, intelligence. At this point, I think they're very happy to cut ties with the liberal economic order if they get screwed. Yep. That's why they've already been like, look, OPEC plus includes Russia. Right. So so they're outright just like, we're good. Screw you. You and and when, when, remember when uh, uh, Anthony Blinken was talking to the Chinese a Chinese official, and China said to his face, "You are not negotiating from a position of power." Man, the U.S. has come a long way. When Donald Trump was president, he really was reigniting something about America. Whether you like it or not, there was fear that people looked at America as like Trump was a, was a wild card. He was a madman for the, you know in the good way and the bad way. Now under Joe Biden, it's a, it's a joke. Saudi Arabia is laughing at him. He's trying to play dirty politics so he can win political power. I think ultimately it's going to blow up in their face. 
It's the economy, stupid. Republicans, I think they're going to see victory. We've now got more polls, a new poll coming out saying that in the toss up states, Republicans are up five points. So when you look at the generic ballot, it shows Democrats are leading, but that's polling people in AOC's district. We don't really care about that. They have so many districts that are so blue and so lopsided. That's why they're all talking about why everything should be decided by national popular vote now. Uh, But that's not the way the constitutional structure of this country works for very good reason. And, you know, they're definitely, they're desperate. They're reeling. Inflation in general is, is, is remained a problem. Gas prices are going to go up again. All of the things that they were hoping would improve by November aren't really looking that inspiring. You know, it's funny. There's a, a bunch of memes going around where, um, who was it? Ted Cruz tweeted something. Did you guys see this tweet from Ted Cruz where he's like, here's a list of problems that, ha- that have occurred under Biden's administration. And it's like 12 things. And then I'm seeing all of these tweets getting screenshot and shared where they're like Republicans voted. There there were bills to solve all of those problems and Republicans voted no on all of them. And I'm like, imagine being stupid enough to think that was a rebuttal. The Republicans are not in the majority and their votes are meaningless in this capacity. What you are actually saying is that all of these problems occurred with a Democrat controlled Congress and executive branch, meaning every attempt to solve these problems either didn't work or actually made the problem problem happen in the first place. Inflation Reduction Act. You have core inflation running at a 40 year high inflation reduction act passed its law. President Biden signed it into law. So you can't really say that Republicans voting against this bill caused inflation. Exactly. But uh, there are people who, who, who fall for this stuff. I've been thinking about the cost-benefit analysis of producing carbon in uh, the United States because it's dirty. It's admittedly dirty. In fact, I found out just a few days ago, I was watching an interview with John Fetterman, the guy who's running for uh, con- Congress in Senate, 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 Senate. Pennsylvania, and, uh, which is a f- part which of is, the Congress. It is Congress, yeah. you're right. And uh, he lives across, or lived at that period, across the street from the last steel mill in his town. I mean, he was just churning out steel, and he had a stroke. So like, was that related to living across the street from a steel mill? I mean, I can't say it's unrelated. I, think I don't know is. that. Yeah, I think it might be related. So I, I, th- I, I think any any industrial setting is going to have a negative impact. Oh, horribly yeah. dirty, dirty. But at this point, it's recapture the carbon. Capture the carbon as it's coming out of the smokestack. Don't just stop producing it. Maybe, you know, That's uh, my opinion. I, I, I agree. And um, I've actually had a lot of conversations because of what you've said, Ian, about graphene, carbon capture from the atmosphere for the production of graphene. And whether it's for the production of graphene or not, it's a really interesting point because we talk about... We, t- well, we, we talk about the turn of the century in New York, where they were they were scared that horse manure would, would be everywhere. Then we invented cars, and all of a sudden there was zero horse manure. Look at that. The problem solved. It's, uh, the technology solved the problem. Now we have carbon in the atmosphere. A technology will come about, and it will solve this problem. It will shift a new... There will be a new problem we'll eventually solve. I have, I have tremendous confidence in human ingenuity and technological advancement. Yeah, Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, was just talking about carbon, but he what he was talking about carbon sequestration and how it's happening and it's getting... The private sector's taking it on. It's going to be a bigger and bigger deal and more important. But he still consider, referred to it as like carbon reduction, and it's not. It's carbon transmutation. You're taking it from one form and turning it into another form, but you're not reducing the amount of it. You're just re, repopulating. You're replacing it. Luke? Who is the carbon they're trying to reduce? You. You. <laughs> no, but the funny thing is when they talk about population reduction, and they do, they, t- they talk about, you know, uh, outside of any kind of conspiracies, you actually have Bill Gates saying we need to slow population growth. They're quite literally saying the humans that they, they want to reduce that you are the carbon. Yeah. I mean, you once you, you reduce energy, you reduce human potential and human growth. 
So I, I think that's why there's a deliberate agenda to say, hey, no, you know, we got to get off fossil fuels. Hey, we have to get off the, this particular energy source. We have to get off something that, of course, has been running and helping humans progress in society. And that is just absolutely detrimental. That's going to lead to absolute havoc. And I think it's very fair to say that we are fast approaching uh, a situation that is going to tank the economy deliberately in order to bring on the central controller so they could come in and come in with their solutions to the problems that they caused. I want to take you back in time, my friends. I want to give you a warm memory, something that you can take and press to your bosom and feel good at night. And it is a story from Snopes. Snopes. I know I can already hear the gasps from the crowd. Did U.S. gas prices drop below $2 under Trump? They want you to forget gas was under $2 when Trump was in office, one Twitter user posted. Claim, national gas price averages for regular fuel dropped below $2 per gallon during U.S. President Trump's term in office. Snopes has determined this to be true. In early October 2022, received increase from readers who asked if it is true the national average gas price fell under $2 per gallon. That's right, $1.84 per gallon in April 2020. They do want you to forget it. Because right now, as you are being squeezed out with a near $4 average across the country and it going up, Joe Biden is desperately begging Saudi Arabia to postpone it just long enough for them to win the midterms. So while that is going on and Joe Biden is being uh, is, is facing, well, we'll see if there's any real consequences. But as long as we're talking about it and calling him out while he's facing that news story, I want to make sure everybody remembers gas dropped below two dollars under Trump. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here's here's the uh, I want to I give a shout out because they did change the article. When I tweeted this story out, the claim said national gas prices for regular fuel dropped below two dollars per gallon during U.S. President Donald Trump's first term in office. And I tweeted that screenshot. Sticks Hexenhammer responded, da- pointing to first term and then said they know. They're implying Trump's going to win. He's going to come back in 2024. Well, this definitely gives them an opportunity to do so. And as you guys know, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump, but under his administration, imported oil dropped by 25%. He did allow exploration. He did allow production, which brought more oil on the world market. And with more oil, the demand of it went down and the price of it went down as well. So when you look at those kind of policies, they did make a huge impact because when you have cheap energy, you have an ability for human beings to, to progress. And on that marker, Donald Trump has something to stand on and brag about since, of course, this administration is doing the opposite of that and wrecking havoc on our financial system deliberately. It's funny. It's like we were a net exporter of fuel, weren't we? You know, Uh, in in 2020 and uh, gas price was dirt cheap. And now we're desperately importing and gas is very expensive. How's that? And it's it's just a series of self-inflicted problems. I mean, the border is a self-inflicted problem. The energy costs are a self-inflicted problem. Uh, all of the money we're spending in Ukraine is largely, it, I mean, obviously it's to some degree a Putin-inflicted problem, but it's largely a self-inflicted problem. I, I want to pause there and, and, and put a note on that. Putin did start this war, but the, US, but the United States choosing to be involved is a self-inflicted problem. That's right. Yes, absolutely. And, and to be involved without any scrutiny, without any end goal, without any... Uh, with, how do, how do, I'm sorry. How does this happen? There's no declaration of war. How is it that we get roped into sending billions of dollars, what, 100 billion? What's the number so far? We didn't vote on this. Congress didn't, did, 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 what, did Congress declare war and say that we are, we are able to, to do this? The 40 billion they voted on, and but, some, but yeah, the drawdown packages and all of those things, but those don't come from Congress at all. This is, this is war. 
This is providing intelligence and resources to fight Russia. And what, they don't need to declare war in this capacity? We're going to be dragged into it now. I mean, if, if they're allowed to get away with this, then there never will be. I mean, there hasn't been, uh, they've not declared war since what, World War II? Declaration of war has kind of become one of those dead letters. It's sort of yep. a nicety. They're reducing the Constitution to really the Roberts rules of order, like the, the process-related things of like how many people get to serve in Congress, what their ages of eligibility are. Yep. We take those things very seriously. Enumerated power is not very much. I'm looking at the average crude oil price, and it, it, it's true. In April of 2020, it was 21 bucks, uh, but in like wow. January of 2020, it was 61. So it dropped massively. Pandemic. Like, and then the pandemic struck and then it started just to scale back up up to 100 and so from like 21 in april of 2020 to 116 six times five times the amount in june and it's got it's got to be correlating with inflation which is also self-inflicted i think if you look at the average of his presidency it was like two dollars and 30 cents or something so even if we were to take out that that you know that low point it was still better under trump and it, and it's simple when Trump is, is, is green lighting energy exploration and production, speculation on these things are that there's going, supply will meet demand, and so the price stabilizes. When Joe Biden comes in and starts axing permits and shutting down pipelines, speculation is that we will not have a supply to meet demand, and the price skyrockets, just from speculation alone. Not to mention, we do have now a reduced supply. And then we, we go, you know, Biden goes to Saudi Arabia and says, we desperately need production to go up. And they say, no. Nah. So what does Biden do? He drains the strategic petroleum reserve. He's, was, he's like, imagine, I want you to imagine it this way. Your roommate quits his job, no longer making any money. And you're like, bro, you need a job. No, 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 don't worry. I'm going to ask my mom. My mom will give me money. My mom's going to, my, my mom's good. She's going to give me money. And then every time. His mom says no. He goes into your rainy day fund and pulls cash and says, no, 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 don't, don't worry. Don't worry. It's just we got to pay the rent, you know, but but my mom will come through. And now the rainy day jar is almost empty. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I'm yeah. thinking about like, what were you well, the strategic oil reserve is at the low, it's, it's one of its lowest points in, in, in decades. So now you have to think about it. You know, this was predominantly, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, was created because of World War Two, just so the United mm -hmm. States has enough oil and energy to actually fight a war. So with these levels being low, we're not really at preparedness levels from, from a lot of an analyst's perspectives to be able to fight a war. Now, if there is a war now, we're kind of stuck in a very bad situation. That's what exactly I was thinking is it, it seems like whoever's in charge and command, which is obviously the commander in chief, the president, Joe Biden, uh, doesn't un has this like illusion that we're in invulnerable or something like the way they surrendered in Afghanistan and like, like let all those people die and let all that infrastructure, eight, however many billions of dollars worth of uh, equipment left over for the Taliban without you think there's no consequences because we're America. No one's going to attack us. We're fine. Like you can't just cut off the oil that fuels the jets and the bombers and the tanks and the planes and the factories that make the steel and and the the plastics that we use for all of our phones and our roads and our and like and and expect that no one's going to attack us in the meantime while we don't have a supply that's when countries get attacked is when they're when they're at their weakest 
you need a defensive mechanism in place. Well, well at the same time he was doing all of this too, he was attacking domestic oil producers, t- attacking domestic energy producers, and saying that they're the reason that prices are up, and it's price gouging. And he's really done this with, with every vaguely inflation-related topic. I mean, all politicians to some extent do this, but Biden's really brazen. Everything going wrong in the economy is some external factor that is outside of his control. He has nothing to do with it. it Everything that goes right in the economy is a direct yep. result of his policies. It, it, it's Putin's price hike, if it's you Putin's remember. He's yeah. been saying it's it's just transitory. It's it's great that it's here. It's actually good that it's here. I, I actually started my video off today with a compilation of Biden within the last two years saying, hey, you know, inflation, it's not here. It's transitory. It's crazy. And you just see the progression, progression of it. And now we are here with new inflation numbers that should terrify people as, of course, these are manipulated numbers and the real life numbers are a lot more daunting that, of course, aren't really published, aren't really talked about, but should be. If you live long enough, everything is transitory. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Life is transitory. Yes. This, uh, this whole war, don't worry, it's transitory. Yeah, for 20 some odd years, we got to experience Afghanistan. Amazing. Well, I want to hand it to uh, to Joe Biden. He is, uh, he is, he, he, what's the right way to phrase this? He has accomplished what his detractors thought he would accomplish, but boy, did he do it tenfold and did it faster than people expected. I mean, I knew war was coming. I was saying like, look, you vote for Biden, we're going to get war. I didn't know it was going to be World War III. Wow. You know, well beyond my expectations. Biden, you did it. It's like uh, it's like bowling a perfect game of gutter balls. It's like, well, you, you have consistency there, but we didn't think you'd do that bad. There you go. Yeah, I remember when Biden first got in, I'm like, the probability and chances of us going to war is high now, 100%. especially in Ukraine. And it's been absolutely true. Now, you know, this leads us to kind of question, is it because he's a bad leader? Is it because he's a failed leader? Is it because he's an incompetent leader? Or is this a part of a bigger ruse, a bigger plan in order to bring something else in that will, of course profit and benefit off of these problems that are being deliberately caused right now. It could be both because I do think he's incompetent. Well, based on the Afghanistan surrender, that is the most incompetent use of the American military I've ever heard of to lose that war that we were winning to to give up to the Taliban and let them take over like that. I got to disagree with you. I think that was an act of pure competence. It was intentional. You do not accidentally abandon an Air Force base in the middle of the night. That, That can't be an accident. No, it's, it's yeah, one right. thing. It was intentional, which is like plus bad, the United States call. has the United States has military protocol to blow up and to literally send in fighter jets to destroy U.S. equipment before they go into enemy's hands. They failed to do that with ISIS in northern Iraq before ISIS got all the Humvee vehicles, and they failed to do that here in Afghanistan as well. So when I when I say it was competence, it wasn't that they made a bad call. It was the right call for exactly what they wanted to happen. They know what they're doing. You don't accidentally say, okay, everybody at 3 a.m., quickly flee and let rioters and looters come and take everything. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, I would think it wouldn't. Nobody and, in their right mind would do something like that. And, and, and not only that, they could have done the evacuations through the fortified Air Force Base. They could have taken eight months. They could have told the Taliban to suck it. We're, we're leaving when we're yep. leaving. It doesn't matter what day we told you. It's war. Deal with it. Air support got pulled. All of a sudden, the, the air superiority was gone. Taliban started rushing in. Afghan security forces were getting, were getting massacred. Yeah, that was, I I view that all as intentional. Well, and the one foreign policy question that Biden has been right about in his entire career was that the U.S. Western-supported Afghan government was fake, that it was corrupt, it was fake, it wasn't real. And yet he premised, at least publicly, his entire withdrawal strategy on that government being able to hold long enough for everybody to get out. 
when his own predictions had said that there was just without U.S. support, that government couldn't exist. Yeah, especially the air support. I mean, they were heavily reliant on the logistics that the United States was providing. And then without the logistics, they were empty. It was like a, a bunch of people that didn't know who was where. And yep. It was a Warren Zevon government send lawyers, guns and money. And if you don't send those things, there is no government. Let's jump to the story from the Daily Beast. Ukraine joining NATO guaranteed to start World War Three, Russian official says. The war in Ukraine is guaranteed to escalate into World War Three if Kiev is allowed to join NATO, according to a Russian Security Council official. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky made a surprise announcement that he had made a first fast track bid for membership. Blah, blah. We know a lot of this. All of NATO's 30 members would have to approve Ukraine's bid, making full membership of the defense group a long way off. Kiev is well aware that such a step would mean a guaranteed escalation to World War Three. So um, and then here's a quote. Here's a quote. The suicidal nature of such a step is understood by NATO members themselves. Maybe one NATO country is just going to say, no, we do not want to vote yes on being dragged into a nuclear war. But the one thing I can say is that if you are between the ages of 17 and 24, because I don't think it'll happen right now, but you know, that, that, that draft age and you support this war, well, I'm, I'm, then I'm actually looking forward to you being drafted. You go fight the war that you supported. All of these Gen Zers with the little Ukrainian flags in their Twitter bios. I'm actually excited to see you guys go through basic training and then go be the cannon fodder for the wealthy elites who want to win this region of Eastern Europe. How about that? I would go even further. If you're a politician calling for war, go fight it. You're more than welcome to. You're more than welcome to join the, the armed you know, forces. What's stopping you? If, if you really want this, go go and get it. And I think that's how we should be treating these situations if we had an evolved humanity that said, you know what, we're not fighting these stupid wars. We're not going to die for politicians. We're not, we're not going to die for these people that are selling arms and making a profit off of this nonsense. Um, we're not there. We're, we're at a phase where, of course, we have a lot of lunacy. We have a lot of insanity and a lot of escalations to this conflict that are absolutely nonsensical. There's no purpose to us. There's no larger agenda here. What's the goal here? Why are we doing this? Can you even explain that? They can't. There's no rational argument for what's happening right now. Let me, let me ask you guys. Is there, uh, is there a circumstance where you agree with an offensive invasion? Is there a circumstance where you think the U.S. should declare war preemptively and then invade a country before being attacked? I mean, that's, that's a very open-ended question. There could be many different scenarios. Sure, sure, sure. Many I'm, different I'm asking if you, can, if you can think of one. You probably can, right? Before being attacked? I don't know. So the U.S. sitting there minding its own business. There's another country that's minding its own business, but they may be engaging in some activities. Is there a circumstance where they don't attack you, but you think it is justified to invade that country? Well, if you're talking about a situation where you know they are going to attack you, that, that can be justified. But what we've done in Iraq and what we've seen other, and what to some degree Russia has done in Ukraine is theoretically something is going to happen someday that will allow them to threaten us or attack us, and we need to attack them first before that happens. And that way lies madness. Well, that's what uh, Zelensky said. He called for preemptive strikes on Russia. He is also causing, calling for preemptive strikes. Yep. Well, then he walked it back. No, oh, I meant um, preemptive uh, sanctions. Yeah, sanctions. Which there's preemptive. already a bunch of sanctions. Right. It wouldn't do anything to deter. In yeah. fact, it would just exacerbate the problem. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if there if there ever really is. I'm sure a lot of the more libertarian types are probably like, no, there is no matter what some other country is doing, so long as they're not attacking you, you should not invade them. I think there are instances where a military buildup could be uh, 
you know, a cause for war. Like if like Germany building up the tanks that it was building up before World War II, if, if France had been like, I, we, this is too risky to have that on our border, because what happened was they blitzkrieged and they took Paris. Like within two weeks, it was theirs. And uh, that's what, if you let someone go full hog, mm. that's I why mean, they built the liberal economic order was to prevent other countries from going full hog. But imagine you have a neighbor and every day you say you see your neighbor buying more and more guns and uh, he's got a massive arsenal. You can see it through the window. Does that justify you going over there, having him arrested, his property confiscated or saying that this guy's clearly going to be attacking someone? I better stop him. I don't see it now. But there is there is an analogy. It's, it's if, if you saw through your neighbor's window, him br- mercilessly beating a child, you would kick the door in and you would get physical with this man. Or you'd call the police. But if, if it was mercilessly being a child for the safety of that child to stop this act, you would invade that house, right? That's also why that's usually the argument used for invasions. It's, exactly. It, it's never just that, okay, they may threaten us, although those arguments are usually used too. It's about whatever humanitarian bad things are going on in that country. And let's face it, in most of the world, a lot of bad things are going on. A lot of governments are bad governments doing bad things. I'd say all of them. Yeah. And it, 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 <laughs> Every it, single one of it's them. It's not yeah, very much Thank a you. limiting principle. Preach. Sorry, go ahead. It's not very much of a limiting principle for war if you're going to justify it on that basis. Yeah. But, but then there's the next level of the United States and other governments staging these kind of events that are not true, that have no basis in reality, just like we saw in the first Gulf War with the baby incubator story, with literally a PR team working for the government engineering a story that the Iraqi government was taking babies from incubators and just murdering them mur- like, like, like they were just sociopaths. That story completely made up by a PR agency that led to the first Gulf War. There was public hearings. There was videos, all of them fake manipulated because, again, they needed a justification. So they made one up. They had like a young so girl gross. speak to the U.N. about yep. it. Isn't yes. That and right? she was uh, the daughter of an ambassador. Um, that, that, again, was coached and staged to lie on national television that she personally saw the babies taken out of the incubators, which was such a horrible... It's insane. You know, just, just visualization that it shocked people emotionally to say, yeah, we got to stop this yeah, guy. Yeah, remember when they were, I think, uh, the Russians fired missiles into Ukraine like five or six days ago or something like that. I think they were missiles or bombs or whatever. And then I... Oh, the, the, the variety of airstrikes. Yeah, yeah. And then I, all of a sudden this video of uh, the United States invasion of Iraq shows up from 2003 where they call shock and awe. And the idea yeah. was we're going to hit them as hard as we can, as fast as we can, so that they don't even have a defense prepared. They can't. They just surrender. And it was televised. And I remember sitting in the bar in Chicago watching it and like getting excited because I thought they had weapons of mass destruction. That's what I was told. And I was like, good, we're going to stop a tyrant from nuking the world. And I was excited. Like the way that you can, and, and, and that propaganda, man, the way that you can view bombing a city as a good thing or bombing it as a reason for war, like the crazy emotions that are involved with that. I think for me, I was probably lucky that I was, you know, through skateboarding, introduced to a lot of punk rock elements, anti-war elements. So as soon as this all started, the only thing I knew was here's why it's bad. So there was never like, I'm not going to pretend that when I was like, you know, 14, 15, 16, I was this political genius. No, I was just some dumb kid listening to punk rock being like, hey, war's bad. And then I got older and I started seeing the stories. I started learning the politics because that, that music got me interested in, in, more interested in politics. And then I was just outright like, yo, this is nuts what they're doing. And then Obama comes along and he's like, if you vote for me, we're going to end the wars. And I was like, okay, I dig this. And this is like my first presidency. 
And all my friends are like, he's going to do it, man. Bush was Hitler and we're going to get Obama. He's changed. He's, you know, he's going to be the first black president. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll vote for this guy. And then he right, right when he gets in office, missile strike on a Pakistani village, killing women and children. And I was just like, <laughs> I was pissed. I was super pissed. I was like, my friends didn't care anymore. They're like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm, they stopped paying attention immediately because it was all a big propaganda machine. I don't think that there was an actual anti-war movement for the most part during the Bush era. I think it was a Democrat propaganda movement seeking to exploit the anti-war effort because they wanted to get a Democrat in office. If you look at a lot of anti-war marches, there's a lot of recruitment for other left-wing causes that have very little to do with wars. Um, yep. and, and, and it is, it's sort of a movement building exercise to a certain extent. Yeah. Man, that was uh, that was uh, disheartening, to say the least. Yeah, I thought there was. they made me believe that a savior was going to save me. Like, Obama was the savior is what I felt like, and I could actually take a back seat. But that's not, you know, you're the, you're the driver in this right well, now. Well, that's almost every president, especially in recent history. George W. Bush ran on a foreign policy of non-interventionalism. Humble foreign policy. A humble foreign policy yeah. that doesn't get involved in other countries' affairs. That's what he promised. And then the dude just bombed a whole bunch of countries saying, screw it, I'm going to do what I want. Give my buddy Dick Cheney, Halliburton, whatever he wants. And they lied. They lied through their teeth. Most wars are based on false pretenses. We could go all the way back from 1898 with the USS Maine. We could go to the Reichstag fire. We could go to the Gulf of Tonkin. We could talk about these events on and on and on. And the truth is there's probably these events happening right now that the American public doesn't even know about. Oh, dude, all the videos coming out out of Ukraine. Yeah. And probably, just and just one last thing, probably, probably another event that they're preparing for right now that's going to lead to a bigger war. So I, I think that's a big possibility that I've been speaking about that every, we should be looking out for. Every single video on Reddit or Twitter, it's always like, yeah, go Ukraine. And then it's like some Ukrainian soldier like flicking a cigarette and an explosion. There's another video where it's like a Russian and Ukrainian drone got into a sky fight. Ukrainians win. And I'm just like, dude, it is like it's propaganda. And that's why I'm annoyed by it. They intentionally want to filter out anything that could shift morale in this. I get it. But for me, it is the most annoying thing in the world when I'm sitting here going like, I know you are lying, okay? This maybe works on other people. Fine, leave me out of it. I can look up and see what's actually going on. I can make uh, assumptions and inferences based on the information received. But I'll tell you this, 100% of videos being showing Ukraine winning, and I'm just like, spare me. Okay, I'm tired of it. They, they used video game footage to promote the, the ghost of Kiev. Yep. I mean, how how dumb do you think we are? Well, like, the media ran with it. And these yeah. people, these people ran with it, and it was never corrected. There was never any kind of real, legitimate checks on that specific story. And again, I understand propaganda efforts during war are very, uh, you know, clearly used against the general public because they know information is key when it comes to winning the larger conflict here. But but at least try to put on a genuine effort and and not to treat people like utter idiots here. Well, the video gamification of war has been thirty years or more in the in the running, and and a lot of people in comfortable countries where they're unlikely to have to serve in any of these wars or fight in any of these wars do kind of look at it like they're watching a movie or playing a video game and you just are, get to see cool explosions that's right this uh this invasion <clears throat> that russia just propagated they're they basically annexed crimea which was old soviet i think and then uh yep. now they're trying to take the land bridge to crimea that's like what the war is about it's not about killing people it's not about genocide but potentially, I, uh, potentially lithium uh, oxide, I think. In Crimea or in, in the, the Donbass region. Donbass. 
Well, there's, I mean, I've seen know, some reports about that. Well, there's a lot of untapped natural gas resources in those specific regions that the Russians are having uh, under control right now that are in contention with the Ukrainian army fighting them. I, I think it's the land bridge, though, because look, they blew up the Crimea bridge. Mm-hmm. How is Russia supposed to get access to Crimea without that bridge? They need another. Yeah, those two highways. Right. Yeah, they need the land bridge. So I think armistice is like the only way out is a some sort of peace agreement negotiation but what would it be what would be an effective negotiation do you see a piece of land how about we just have them sit at the table there's people saying you're crazy you must be putin. you must be a putin supporter you you must be a peacenik if you if you let's just have them sit at the table and talk to each other at least let's get to that step we're not even there zelensky passed the law saying i'm not negotiating even re- restated it i'm not going to be negotiating why at least talk to each other that's the first step because just we're do that. the bill yeah he must have some like nasty video of Joe Biden doing something, you know. I think it's funny because they kept people kept claiming that uh, Putin had compromise on Trump, and I'm like, yeah, but what was Trump doing for Russia? Like he bombed Syria, like you know, a half-assed bombing. Now you're looking at a hundred billion dollars or whatever going to Ukraine. Now that sounds like somebody's got dirt on you. Yeah, because the U.S. Why are we involved in this? Yeah. Well, Trump sent sent lethal weapons to Ukraine as well, which was a big escalation in this entire conflict. There was also a bigger conflict that could have unfolded with Iran that luckily didn't unfold. But 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 again, at, at, at the end of the day here, the fact that these people aren't even willing to negotiate is something that should be very troubling. Because if you're not negotiating, if you're not just coming to the table just to talk, let these people figure it out. I don't have the answers. Elon Musk came up with a proposition. It wasn't a perfect proposition for a peace deal, but at least the conversation was started. And I think the more people call for peace, the more likely we could actually have it. Because right now, all you're seeing is deranged lunatics saying war, 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 war with absolutely no goal in sight. And that to me is reckless. That to me is stupid. What's the what's the strategic objective here? Why hasn't anyone well, told us this? Have you guys bought your burnt hair perfume to help Elon buy Twitter? No, not yet. I've I made bought that a joke so many times and I think I should get a cut of this money. The, the, about him buying. T- I mean, burnt burnt hair. I didn't know that he would have that be the same. Yeah. But I think Elon Musk. Your name is Musk. You Musk have to have a clone. Yeah, you have to have yeah, a perfume. Elon's Musk. That's what yeah. Elon was saying oh, the please. Day. Yeah, I need it. Elon's I need it Musk. In my nose. <laughs> it's not the way it sounds, Elon. I need it. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Luke. We need some sort of diplomacy. It could be a simple video chat with Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin. That's public. And yeah. I, they could it'd be so easy. Well, the United States and NATO has to be a part of these negotiations since they're a part of this conflict. And right. Vladimir Putin just made a statement a couple of days ago saying that he's willing to actually uh, be open to negotiations during the upcoming G20 meeting. Will the West respond with other negotiations? Will they be open to, to sitting down and talking to him? Because this is beyond just Zelensky and, and Putin. Zelensky should be there, obviously. Zelensky and the Ukrainian government should be sitting down with the Russian government and at least talking to each other in some kind of capacity in some kind of way. Um, and, and those talks should at least be between those two countries. What do they want? Let's let's figure out a way where they're both happy. And it doesn't have to mean people are getting screwed over, people getting lied about. It doesn't mean you're a Putin agent that you just want conversations to happen. Yeah. I think there's a desire, though, to see a degradation of the Russian military, which they think is most likely to happen if this conflict continues. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
But the odd thing is that he called up 300,000 troops. So like if you want to see a... Conscripts. Yeah. So if Conscripts. you want to see a weaker military, it's not by forcing them to draft 300,000 people. That's... Well, it also well, looks like... might not be the greatest fighters, though, to have. Yeah. From, from the latest bombings that have been happening in Ukraine, it does look like the Russians are trying to take out uh, the major uh, air defense systems inside of Ukraine. It looks like they're preparing for a major bombing campaign of Ukraine. There's also a ton of Russian soldiers being shipped into Belarus, and there's a lot of rumors that Belarus will also be participating and launch another front of this war from the north of Ukraine. So there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes that are very much escalating the situation that are very much unfortunate for all the innocent people caught in the middle of this because there's going to be a huge loss of life. I think we should be doing everything in our power to try to prevent that. And sadly, we have the opposite of that when it comes to the corporate media, when it comes to the leadership, when it comes to the Victoria Newland and all these other sociopathic neoconservatives that just want blood. And that's not what I want. I want the people of Ukraine. I want the people of Russia to, to come together and at least talk to each other. Let's, uh, let's throw it to our good friend, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. My friends, I was saddened and shocked at this deeply offensive video of these belligerent misogynists who are yelling at poor AOC simply because she's funding war and the Azov Battalion and defending the establishment. What did she do wrong other than all of those things? All right, here's the reality. AOC got heckled. At a virtually empty town hall in the Bronx, protester says she voted to start this war in Ukraine and will push the U.S. to the brink of nuclear war. Bravo to these activists. Two guys calling her out saying they believed in her. And now she's become a shill for the establishment, providing funding for war and Nazis in Ukraine. I love it. And so I tweeted this out in response to these activists saying that I pulled up a story from NBC, NBC News saying Putin's false Nazi claims about Ukraine. And then I pulled up another story from NBC News. The Nazi problem in Ukraine is very real, even if Putin is lying about it. So now they're outright just saying it, huh? Why is AOC, the anti-fascist, the leftist, voting to give money to Nazis? Why, why is this? Why is she voting to fund war? Now, bravo for these guys uh, speaking out and calling her out, but I think this is the start. We need this. This is probably our best, uh, our, our best avenue in that the older generation is going to ignore and probably not care about uniparty voters, Democrats and Republicans who support war. But the younger generation is is much more disillusioned and angry about it. AOC just knifed them all in the back by by, by supporting all of this. I don't know why she is because she's a shill. She's always been a shill. She's not alone, though. I mean, they're. Even when you go back to previous wars under democratic administrations, when you go back to Kosovo in the 90s, when you go back to Libya under Barack Obama, there was at least a subset. They weren't, they weren't the mainstream Democrats, but they were a subset of prog self-styled progressive Democrats who would vote against funding these wars, who would join lawsuits against presidential wars. There really isn't anything like that going on right now. Every single Democrat in Congress voted for the $40 billion aid package to Ukraine. And I don't know if these activists heckling AOC mean that there is still some grassroots anti-war left out there that is just not represented by anybody in Congress. And if they start speaking up, maybe they will be. Or if this is sort of the last uh, gasp of that sentiment. It's, it's, it's done. I mean, Tulsi Gabbard was it. Right. She's Tulsi gone. Gabbard. What about Bernie? Is he's, did he vote to send all the money? Oh, uh, Bernie Sanders. All of them, yeah. Bernie did too, huh? Yeah, not a single one didn't. Barbara Lee, Rokana, people who are generally very good on, on a lot of, who've worked across the aisle on things like Yemen, 
uh, have really been nowhere to be seen on this one. I think Cortez is she's pretty responsive to the crowd. And this guy, this heckler, I, I don't even know. I'm not sure if heckler is the right word because he wasn't insulting her. He was just screaming in panic that if she doesn't stop this that we're going to die in a nuclear war and he's like he's, the terror in his voice is palpable seems like he's not wrong she's she responds to emotions so yeah definitely. i'm not encouraging people to go scream at politicians but i mean they're there to represent us and if they're not representing us that we need to make our voices heard trump russia is a big part of this too the the fact that the tr whole trump russia narrative became so big on the left that vladimir putin where, where is is viewed by some grassroots Democrats as the man who installed the orange man in in power in the United States. So that created a lot of anti-Russia sentiment among people who maybe even during the Cold War, uh, when it might have been more justified, didn't have these types of sentiments. So I think there was more openness to hawkishness against Russia because of domestic political disputes and domestic political tribalism that might have existed otherwise, especially among some people on the center to hard left. Yeah, a lot of the anti-war representatives got kicked out or pushed out or forced out of their of their uh, parties, whether it's Kucinich or McKinney. These were individuals that, of course, were speaking out against war and their districts were moved around, shoved around in a way where, of course, they didn't have a political career afterwards. So, uh, you know, there is a deliberate effort to have a pro-war message to have a message that supports the military industrial complex, a major lobby in Washington, DC. So I, I do believe that a lot of people who had significant voices are afraid of being pushed out of politics for, for doing so. I just had a thought, is there, we say the military industrial complex, are there multiple? I would imagine there are multiple complexes. There's one that the liberal economic order is utilizing, then there must be another one that the Chinese and the Russians yeah, are utilizing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. War is yeah. a racket. But then is there someone at the top of those organizations that are capitalizing on both of the uh, complexes? Um, is it unknown? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I think you've got the Western military industrial complex that loves war because it guaranteed contracts, extremely expensive, extremely lucrative. But I, I, I don't think that there is this grand cabal that controls the military apparatus of China, Russia, and the West, and then pits them against each other. It's not like, you know, uh, in Sherlock Holmes, when Moriarty's got the book and he's trying to orchestrate World War One or whatever. Because war is money. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think there is somebody at the top. I think the bankers are profiting off of it. The global I, well, bank. but even then, there's multiple. There's they, multiple they, they, they're probably sending. selling weapons across the board. They're playing both sides. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, Obama was sending weapons to the cartels. Now there's another story emerging about something similar. The gun manufacturers being accused of sending weapons to cartels. Nobody. Mm -hmm. These manufacturers don't care. They just like give me the money and the weapons are yours. That's it. Yeah, and I don't think you can't sue the manufacturer if someone does something horrible with their weapon. At least no. I don't think you can. Well, they're trying now. Especially yeah, but, but we're talking about war even. Yeah. It's like if, if we're at war with China, ain't nobody from China going to sue the United States. What are you doing? We're at war. Like actively killing each other. So I, I'd like to say that, um, you know, we're moving away from all this stuff. But I think for a variety of reasons, there are many people very invested in a nuclear apocalypse occurring. Creepy people, evil people, callous people. Tim, they bought their nuclear bunkers. They want to use them, okay? They want to make sure that their money was well invested. And they they want to make sure their safe houses in New Zealand and in Chile are going to be used. Well, I mean, look, think about it. If you have, uh, if there's a publicly traded nuclear bunker company 
and you have equity in that, when the nuclear war happens, that stock's going straight through the roof, baby. That's money right That's there. Right. Yeah. Now, you won't be able to trade anywhere because there won't be a, a stock market, Wall Street apps, electricity, or food for that matter. But uh, everybody will want what you got. Yeah, if you That's bought right. a nuclear bunker, don't you want to use it? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think the answer is no. They, they, <laughs> no. Hold on. The most expensive nuclear bunker you buy is the one you buy and never use. Yeah. It's, it's that old saying, you know? But yeah. it's insurance. Think of your bunker as insurance, not as a goal, not as a home retirement Start putting center. it on wedding registries and baby gift registries. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> rent it out. I, you made a good point about the video gamization of war, man. I think the young, there's an older generation that has their nuclear bunkers. These and they're like, I'm ready to go. Let's let's find the next iteration of humanity after this is all done. But then there's these young people that have been brainwashed to think it's a freaking video game. And it's and that's it's, why they do the video games. Yeah, and, and like America's Army. That was a specific video game that the United States government used to train kids to want to become troops. Yeah, like, like specifically, I'm watching videos from the Russian side, the Ukrainian side, from a lot of the the battles that are taking place. The majority of of, of killing and maining is happening because of drones. The Russians are using Iranian suicide drones that are just flying directly into Ukrainian troops. The Ukrainians are using these quadcopters and they're just putting grenades inside of them and then having a button that releases them and they're literally throwing them into the Russian trenches. Um, and there's a whole bunch of DJI drones. There's a video that I saw of a Ukrainian drone taking out a Russian DJI drone. Yeah. And when you look at a lot of the footage, it's straight out of Call of Duty. It's straight out of all the video games where, of course, you get a drone and you get the pilot a missile. You get to send grenades off and and it's exactly like all the video games that i played as a as a kid and and you could see the footage online because i'm keeping track of this i want to see what's really going on i want to see who's winning i want to see who's losing i, I really want to get a real perspective of what's happening there and you have to see the, these videos and there's drones predominantly drones having huge success in the in these conflicts i had a friend that worked in the military and he worked with some people that were operating drones told me this story where he the guy was like you got to see this footage man the drone operator so he showed him and it was the the missile or the bomb was dropping on this guy who they thought was working on bombs and it comes up and you go it goes right up to the guy you see it going right and the guy looks up and you see his eyes and then you realize he's taking a crap and then the bomb hit and then it it goes off that's it and but he's like i saw his eyes like i that's one way to help you poop yep it probably just went right into the toilet as soon as he saw that and then of course exited his body in every possible direction when it did hit. yeah they thought he was like going to get weapons and he was just out there defecating like taking a big old dump. But it's so easy when it's a video game to disassociate. Yeah, we talked about that uh, a while ago about Vietnam, how when they send out these conscripts, they would fire above the, the, the Viet Cong or whatever because they really didn't want to shoot them. And so they started implementing new... Uh, that's when they, I think they made the targets in the shapes of people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then now video games have become a component of this. It's interesting because there's a, there's a distinction Video games don't make people more violent. We've seen all the studies on this. Some, someone who plays a video game doesn't all of a sudden be like, now I want to be violent. But what video games do is they, they condition you so when it comes to being violent, it is easier for you to pull the trigger. So people who already have those tendencies, when it comes to war and conflict, you're used to playing these games. You, you, you have a simulated experience. It's, it's going to have an effect on you. Dude, have you seen Escape from Tarkov? the game it's a first person shooter hyper realistic and you fight russians man you hear the rush they're screaming in russian it's crazy that's like most call of duties is this new yeah i was gonna say when yeah, call it's of duty, 20 in, in one call of duty there's a scene where you play a child as your city in in syria is literally getting gassed 
and you're playing as the child running away from the Russian gas as they in sent what, chemical weapons. In Call of Duty? In, in, yeah, one of the Call of Duty Modern wow. Warfare games. So you're literally a child running away from a Russian soldier that, that wants to stab you as there's a chemical uh, you know, weapons attack. I there. love how like America's adversaries are always comic book villains. You know, it's like w when you watch the media, they, you know, Vladimir Putin, the evil dictator, murdered children today. And it's like, come on, man. There are adults who understand why war happens. And they want you to believe that every world leader is wearing a cloak and a top hat with a mustache going, I'm going to tie a woman to the railroad tracks. No, he's probably saying, hey, you're pushing your military alliance up, uh, up upon my border. And it's and it's. It's it's jeopardizing my country's interests, and I'm not going to let that happen. And he's probably like, yo, let me ship steel down to Crimea so I can sail it over to the United States and sell it to you. Like, it's I, it's so weird. It's so, like, almost disbelievable that we're creating an enemy out of the Russian Federation when it could be our greatest trade ally and strongest partner, military partner on Earth. It's on the other side of the planet. We could together protect the planet. Well, Ian, I've got good news for you from Newsweek. U.S. states that wish to join Russia will be considered, says Duma member. Oh, well, good news. If you're an American state and you want to vote to join Russia, they're listening. They say a senior member of the state Duma, Russia's parliament, said that any U.S. states that want to break away from the country and instead join the Russian Federation will be considered. How hilarious would it be if Russia tries pulling off something in Alaska, like Crimea? Like, oh, the, the Alaskans had a vote and 80% want to be Russian. And it would vindicate Sarah Palin. Because before <laughs> she could have seen it from her house. That's right. Yeah. Well, that was actually Tina Fey. Yeah. Same thing. Tina Fey, same person, I guess. Yeah. The comments come only a week after Russia declared the four regions of Ukraine had become Russian territory, blah, blah, blah. I love this one. It's actually really funny because we're, uh, we're constantly talking about civil war and peaceful divorce. And I think they actually bring this up. They say that the U.S. was beginning to decay and that its ally, the European Union, which has also provided strong military assistance to Ukraine, was bursting at its seams. Tolmachev said this was the result of failed American foreign policy. Such initiatives are a signal that the citizens of the U.S. are dissatisfied with their leadership and are ready to take extreme measures up to secession if the current policy of America continues. I mean, look, there are a lot of people in the U.S. that actually think Russia is the good guy in this. I think that's wrong, but people believe it. So what happens if you get enough people in a, in a, in a, in a I don't know, in the North, Pacific Northwest, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, we don't want this. I mean, when you look at what's going on in Portland and, and, and Seattle with the wokeness and everything, you might actually start getting sympathizers. Yeah, L.A. and New York, too. L.A., I don't think realistically, I don't think anyone's going to want to become Russian in the United States. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe some people might, but I don't think that any like organization would think that would be better because the United I States disagree. is pretty awesome. Well, that's it true. It would be a military risk, too. If but, people did that, they'd be labeled traitors, seditionists and executed oh, immediately. Well, yeah. Like, bombed and executed. It, it wouldn't make sense. But the, the founding fathers also, you know, were, were traitors to the crown. So there are people who, who, who think... The, the people who talk about wokeness and the cabal, there, there are many of these people who think Vladimir Putin is a traditionalist, he's Christian, and he's fighting against Satanism and evil. There are people in the U.S. who believe that. But the, yeah. thing, the founding fathers, they just split off and formed their own country. They didn't join like France or anything. If they, right. No, I that, get it. That probably wouldn't, might have flown. I'm just saying I, that. I don't think they would have got what they wanted. Out there of are going to be people. I mean, hey, look, man, in war, you get separatists, you get partisans and infighting breaks out. 
I think no Victor idea. Orban would have more success though getting some people to join Hungary than uh, than uh, anybody That's true. Russia. Yeah, I mean Hungary has really attracted a lot of people, but I will also mention that there are a lot of people associated with the far right, whatever you'd call it, in the U.S. who have praised Ukraine for some time. There's many people who who have moved to Ukraine well before the conflict broke out because they support more, you know, traditional, heavily traditional policies. So joining Russia, I mean, not me, but man, is it a rock and a hard place. Russia, I'm not a fan of. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of the country, the history, the people, but the government is what I mean to say. The United States... And it's kind of the same thing. I would I would rather uh, I would trust uh, Biden and the U.S. government only slightly more than anyone else. And that's simply because they live here. And so at least we have some shared interests and not one to get blown up. But man, Joe Biden is crooked. I do not think he's doing anything for the American people. So the question is, how do you protect what this country is supposed to be, the Constitution and its people, when you have crackpot, corrupt cronies who are running the show? decentralization and personal responsibility where you don't need them and you're not dependent on them or their money. And, uh, you know, I think individuals could take small actions. I think it starts at a community level and it builds up from there. And I think you just got to be the best example of an individual who doesn't need the state and is there for themselves and could be fully independent. So peaceful divorce. Um, you wouldn't even have to divorce. It's just a different style of living, living locally instead of fawning for yeah. the feds. Just like the Amish and other communities of individuals saying, you know, hey, we want to take care of ourselves. You guys do what you guys want. But as long as you're not harming anyone, there's, there's there shouldn't be any problems here. The thing about that, it's not as a super, I think it's not super appealing to a lot of people because it's not like a switch you flip and then get a solution, but it's like a long term uh, solution. It could become a solution to, you know, overarching federalism. I mean, in theory, you don't even really need a divorce for this to happen. You just have to honor the terms of the marriage. Yeah. But we're, we're not really honoring the terms of the marriage is sort of the, the problem on that front. You, you know what it is? Like, you know, back in the day, the husband and the wife were sleeping in different beds, at least on TV. Right. And then all of a sudden they started sharing a bed. Well, first they slid their beds together. Yeah. Then they, is, is that what happened I in the, TV? So. They, the beds were pushed uh, together? Yeah, that was the first... Is that the first one? Is that the first married couple sleeping in a bed? It was two beds. Th- well, no, in real life, they used to do that, I think. But oh, anyway. Like actually sorry. sleep in separate beds? Yeah, but then they'd slide them together and then they'd... But anyway, I didn't... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a proponent for that. You get a lot more restful sleep when you're in a separate bed by yourself Amen, compared to brother. somebody else. But this is why, king size. This is why they make mattresses that, you know, like can adjust and go up and down and have different firmness and different temperatures. But you see, my point is... You know, the United States used to be we all slept in separate beds. And then at some point, we're all sleeping in the same bed and it's not working out. Oh, you yeah. Know, you're laying blank, smelling you know, your feet. Head yeah, foot's not took the bl- I'm waking up. Yeah, the blanket's I'm cold, gone. man. It's turning yeah. the heat up. They steal the blanket all the time. I'm drying right. out from that fan in the ceiling. Um, you know, look, I'm, I'm over here in West Virginia minding my own business. And Maryland is, is grabbing the blanket and spinning slowly throughout the night, wrapping themselves up like a burrito. I'm waking up freezing like, dude, fine. I'll get my own blanket. And then they're like, you're calling for a divorce. It's like, maybe I should just no, have my own blanket. You should. Then. And my parents have separate bedrooms and they love life. I'm, they I'm, didn't I'm, always. Using it, I'm using it as a metaphor for, yeah. you know. If you can do it, do divorce. it. You know, get your own room. Sleep is key to recovery and health. So. so now let's translate that into the political situation in the United States. Maybe it, we're supposed to actually have these states for a reason where the federal government should not be banning like these like weapons and guns and restricting them. If you live in West Virginia and you want a hundred round drum fully auto, that's, that's on you. Just, you know, I, I mention this all the time. People drive cars all day, every day, and they're not 
ramming me or chasing me down. I do not fear them. I see a guy driving a car. I don't think twice. I saw a guy walking down the street in uh, West Virginia with a crossbow. I didn't go, oh, he's got a crossbow. Oh no, what do I do? I just went, howdy. Hey, that's it. I, I don't know. Like, am I supposed to be worried the guy's armed? No. Someone in the car could run me over. But for some reason at the federal level, they're like, we've hereby decided that everyone in this country can no longer have this or that because we are scared. Now, there's a reason for states and we should probably start upholding that. Maybe that would solve a lot of these problems. In Maryland, you might be worried about the person driving toward you in a car. Why is that? Is like, Maryland drivers are kind of notorious oh. for, for bad driving. Well, I just mean, look, when I see cars, I get out of the way. I don't just stand there and think this car's barreling towards me. I'm, 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 no, you, 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 you look both ways when you cross the street, but cars can kill you. Someone in a car can choose to use it as a weapon of a, 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 a lethal weapon, and, and they don't and do it. it. And there have been cases where sure, it's happened, sure, it's of not course. a daily occurrence. Yeah, Right, and there's occasions where people take guns and do bad things with them, but I just look at it like the average person wielding a lethal, lethal force does not use it. That's it. So I'm not worried about people having guns. But anyway, the, the, the main reason I bring that up is just that the problem we're facing in this country is that if there is going to be a national divorce, it's going to be because no one will let states be. Or I should say it's because the Democrat big cities will not let everyone else just be. That's usually the reason. I think historically, if someone secedes, it's because they're getting smacked down by the person that's trying to control them. Right. And if they just backed off, then we'd, we'd, we'd let it go. We'd be like, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of bad, but we're okay. But now it's just too bad. There are some things like pollution regulations that I understand the federal government's got to get annoying about because, like, you don't if you're burning a lot or dumping stuff in the water and it goes into another state, then you know, then someone else, an arbiter, needs to come in and kind of smooth things over, or or you know, take control even sometimes, which is a little or force you to control yourself from a different perspective. That's what the government does, Ian. That's what they do with Monsanto. That's what they do with all these other multinational corporations. They just give them permission slips to poison and to, to release their pollutants everywhere else. That's that's yeah. essentially what government's doing, Ian. Since like uh, since when? Since the central banks in 1830? Like since the early adoption? I don't know when you want to go back, but, but when you look at what the government's doing, they're essentially one of the biggest and largest polluters on the world and the biggest enablers of pollu pollution on the world. Uh, and a lot of their policies are absolutely nonsensical and leading to the destruction of our planet when it comes to uh, destroying the national resources and, and, and just sending it off to China to, 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 to let them uh, pollute even more because we can't you know handle our own trash here. It's absolutely ridiculous. What if... We removed the human element from politics and had a computer do it all, right? Coming soon. Coming soon. Maybe that's some, right. Have a computer do some of it. Some advice, maybe. The I mean, that's probably make... already happening, and it's probably going to be miserable. The robot's going to be like, humans like corn, make more corn. And then you're going to be like, okay, I guess we're making corn. And then it's just, the humans do like corn, man. And they're going to make a whole lot of it. Bill Gates likes corn, apparently. Yeah, and soy. He really loves soy. Yeah. As you really? can see from his, you know. Yeah, moobs. absolutely. His moobs. Moobs. Yep. <laughs> His moobs. Technical term. Yeah, I don't think humans are going to create an AI that is like humans are going to create an AI they think is good enough to run the show, but it's not going to be good enough to run the show. And then it's just going to make a mess of everything. Yeah, humans got to govern themselves. Uh, but having machines yeah. advise us, like intelligent machines can always give advice because they can do calculations really quick and be like, well, if you if you put the factory there, you will create this amount of pollution in these places with this amount of wind current. But if the wind current's different, give you all these different contingent possibilities. Let's jump to this story from the Daily Mail. Oregonians force vote to secede from the woke state and become part of Idaho. 
Hell Two yeah. counties are set to vote on the measure after nine backed it due to defund the police, critical race theory in schools and bail laws. Before we get to the point where states secede from the union, before we get to the point where anyone is trying to engage in a civil war, the first that's happening is in Oregon, they're not trying to leave the union. They're trying to move a portion of the state into a different state. I don't know if they have a picture of the, of the whole. There you go. Look at this. Greater Idaho. Hey, I'm all for it, man. I think it's exactly what needs to happen. Hell yeah. So uh, Portland, can they, can they can have their weird urban center. In fact, this is what should happen across the board. Every major city, you can just be your own. Every major city becomes its own uh, city uh, state. state. Yeah. yeah. Back to city And then states. what happens is the Democrats end up with like 12 senators and Republicans end up with, you know, 60. Right. And so that's sort of the thing is you have so many states where there are these large urban centers that control everything and have the, and have the biggest population that are left wing. And then all of the rest of the state, which encompasses a much bigger landmass, but has fewer people, rural, much more conservative, and they get outvoted in a lot of cases. I mean, even yep. a state like Maryland, which is pretty democratic, you don't have Baltimore, you don't have Prince George's County, Montgomery County, where all the government employees live. It's MAGA country. It's, it's MAGA country. Yeah, right now we're in Maryland, and it's MAGA country. New York. These, these three counties issued a letter saying they wanted to secede and join West Virginia. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Wow. There you go. The problem is this stuff isn't happening and it needs to happen. The, the, the shift, the votes should be very easy. It prevents in, destabilization. It prevents civil war. If greater Idaho happened, there would be people would feel satiated. They'd feel satisfied. They'd feel like their voices were heard and this makes sense for them. And they wouldn't be part of a state that was abusive towards them. Instead, what's happening is greater Idaho, you have these nine counties and they're saying like, hey, we shouldn't be here. And they're like, shut your mouths. Well, what do you think that leads to? Secession, usually. Yeah, well, eventually they're going to be like, then we're out. Or just grumbling. Or and conflict. Grumbling acceptance. But I mean, what would this do? This would, If this did happen, it would cut back on the amount of votes that Oregon no, would. No. no. Uh, well, yeah, Oregon would lose votes. Idaho would gain votes in, in Congress. But senators would stay the same. So they're not even trying to make their own state. They're trying to just become part of a different one. Yeah. There's a, a similar thing happening in northern Colorado, northern California, the state of Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Northern California, and, and that, that that should happen. I think so. Yeah, New I states. Agree. Hey, you know, we don't need 50 states forever. I know it's a nice round number, but let's just split up, make them smaller. I think that might be kind of neat. There yeah. will always be a certain number of people, though, who will, they live in Portland, and they'll see this new expanded Idaho, and they'll say, oh, that looks really nice. I want to live there. And then they go live there, and they say, well, I actually want to vote, though, for all the policies right. I had in Portland. And they don't make any association between the policies and why Portland was bad and Idaho is good. Look, there's a video from Ami Horowitz at, uh, and, and PragerU. And he walks up to people and he's asking them to, I think, sign a petition uh, uh, to allow a five-year-old to undergo a sex change operation. And in one of the conversations, this woman goes, I completely agree with this. And then he's like, yeah, you know, five-year-old kids can make their own decisions. They know what's right for their body. He goes, I agree. Thank you so much for doing this. And it's like, Conservatives think this is a gotcha, like they're exposing it. These people genuinely believe this stuff. There's, you're, you're not like 
waking them up to make them realize they're wrong. They're saying like, no, I agree. I, I, I believe this. And you're like, aha, I've exposed you. And they're like, no, I talk about this all the time. We we have child drag shows. We do this all the time. You're not, you're, you, you, what happens is conservatives can't believe that the average person would support this. And then when they talk to these people and hear them saying they support it, they're like, look, 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 everybody, this person supports it. And then all of the, the body snatcher people turn slowly and look at you and go, because they all agree with it. They're all on board with it. There, there, is an, there is an ideological fracture in this country. It ain't being mended. So maybe, maybe greater Idaho needs to happen. Huh? Yeah, I think it does. I think Western uh, Maryland needs to break off and become part of West Virginia. It, it definitely makes more sense, but I, I, I think a lot of bureaucrats want their tax cattle to stay because they want to treat them like cattle, and they want to, of course, siphon tax off all cattle. the money and wealth that they can from them to finance their insanity. Because if the people leave, who's going to finance a lot of this insanity? As, of course, a lot of the people in the rural areas uh, usually are independent, usually are people working for themselves, usually are people who are successful. And, um, yeah, you know, they want that money. So I don't, I don't see this happening. Yeah, or Oregon's not going to let... We tax cattle, you call them? Yeah. Slaves. Yeah, pretty much. They're so like, you get nothing. You can't do anything about it. And we get money from you. Why would, you, why would we let you leave? What do we gain from it? Yeah, and we get to Im impose any kind of policies we want on you. So wh what's the incentive of Portland letting them go? Is there? Is there any incentive? Uh, Portland would get their, their voting ideology more prominent in state legislature. Just I just, I just want everybody in 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 uh, Eastern Idaho to realize your life is being dictated to by a bunch of twenty year old lunatics who've not had jobs running around Portland smashing things and starting fires. So when you're say working on a farm, working hard every day to provide for your family, to produce food and crops that human beings need. Your life is controlled by a crackpot 20-year-old white leftist who weighs 110 pounds soaking wet, running around going, America is racist, and then screaming racial slurs at black cops because they're apparently the, the, the virtuous ones, and then setting fires and firebombing buildings, and law enforcement won't arrest them. And then they go and vote, and the politicians pander to them, and they are in charge of you. Congratulations. So I don't blame them for wanting to vote to leave. The problem is the system doesn't allow it. Like it's become too rigid. It's like you were saying earlier, when it comes to the Constitution, all of these things like the age you have to be, we were very serious about this, but the actual enumerated powers, it's, how do we, what, what do we do? What, what do we do? Do we just sit back and wait until the whole thing explodes? We're not supposed to. We're supposed to change it as we go. That's very, very intentional. Convention of states, new amendment, a path towards shifting borders of states very easily. It should be extremely easy for this to happen, not ridiculously hard. Yeah. Granted, I don't understand why Oregon as a state should have a voting right over a county that votes to leave. Why, why would that be? Well, no ideas, because nobody of disruption knows. to taxes, yeah, it would be. Too bad. <clears throat> like, imagine if, if, if you know, you, you, know uh, you, you, you have a roommate and then I say, well, look, it's my house and I've determined you're not allowed to leave. You got to keep paying rent. You'd be like, not nah, later. You walk out the door. Rent's gone. For imagine if the police said, "Well, hold on, the guy who owns the house has said you're not allowed to do that, so we're under arrest and we're bringing you back." That that's insane. It makes no sense. It it would be more like if I'm like, "No, this room that I'm renting from you is my house now," or I'd be like, "No, this room I'm renting in your house belongs to your neighbor." You'd be like, "No, it's my room." Well, I suppose it's a little different because we're talking about a space that's very far away and not occupied by a person. So, how about a garage? Let's say that uh, you own the garage, and uh, it's 
I, 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 don't, I don't know how that would actually work because these people own the land they're on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can be well, that's like... that's a good point. Yeah. But the landowners should be able to decide what state they're a part of. Right. They should... And, to and, a point. And, and then they all vote as their county. And if the county votes, why should Oregon... Why should Portland be able to be like, no, nah, you can't leave? And what would their mechanism really be at that point? Now, obviously, we can think of some pretty horrible things that would be their mechanism, but I don't think that would be the first thing out of the gate that would happen. So there'd be lawsuits. But they have no police. They can't enforce yeah. any if, laws look, in look, Portland. Look, look. That's, if, right? that's very if true. Eastern Idaho, if they vote for this and then decide it is, it is, period. Portland can then, the Oregon government can be like, we do not recognize the secession of Eastern Oregon. And they can be like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? You're going to go to every single county and every single family and then occupy their neighborhoods at gunpoint? Never going to happen. If the confidence of the people of greater Idaho, of the people of Eastern Oregon, is that we do not recognize the state of Oregon anymore, there is literally nothing anyone can do to stop them. It would, yeah. it would be like a civil disobedient act. They would say, we're not paying taxes to the state of uh, Oregon anymore. We're paying them to the state of Idaho. And then Oregon would be like, no, pay us your taxes. And they're like, well, we're Idahoan now. And then the Idaho would send out the National Guard. If they, if it escalated, the Idaho would put the National Guard in the new territory. If Idaho accepted it. Yeah, yeah. And then say, this is our state. But what I'm saying is, let's say Idaho says, look, we don't want to get involved in this. Oregon as a state then says, these regions aren't allowed to secede. But you can look on the map where you can see all of the areas that have voted in favor of joining Idaho. I mean, it's it's there. It's like almost the entirety of Eastern Oregon. Yeah. If they all, if all the people there simply said, my government is, you know, this person. If if these people, these counties all have their county commissioners or whatever, and they say, the laws that I follow come from the county commissioner, not from a state we don't recognize. Oregon can do nothing. The feds can do nothing. The feds cannot go. People need to understand this. There are not enough federal agents to actually go into an entire state and enforce the law. They would have to occupy every city corner. They would have to go door to door. They would have to arrest everyone. It will never happen. Mm -hmm. That's only if the majority of these people stop abiding by state government and decide they're their own state. The feds have no choice but to recognize it. Otherwise, there's just nothing that you can't do anything about it. It's, it that's just it. You were saying something before and I cut you off. I'm sorry about that. I would just tend to think that the in, in Oregon or any place like that, the tax enforcement authorities would be the last police that would be defunded. Those would be fully funded. So civil disobedience acts by not paying taxes, I think they do have a response to. Uh, but what I mean is if every single person there just stopped abiding, yeah. they couldn't do anything about it. I mean, by all means, go ahead and arrest every single citizen of this county. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's a form of implosion. It would just destroy. Well, the, there's the not purpose. enough law enforcement officers. Look, in New York City, I think there's what, like 40,000 cops. Is that, is that the number, Luke? I think 30,000. Yeah, yeah, tens of thousands. Tens yeah. of thousands. Out of, out of a city with, with, uh, with what, 9 million in, its city, in city borders? 9 million people? If 9 million people in New York just stopped paying their taxes, what are the cops going to do about it? So is that not, not something I'm advocating for. I'm saying if that were to occur, the, the, the government can't do anything. It's the, the government exists through the confidence of the people. If the people believe the government has the authority or is justified, then they follow along. But if these people are voting to say we're no longer a part of Oregon, we're getting to that point where they're going to say, Oregon, you do not represent us. Like imagine if, you know, California tried passing this bill. I don't know if they did, where they can tax someone 10 years after they leave the state. Did you guys hear about this one? Yes. Yep. 
Imagine you're living in Texas and California knocks on your door and says, you owe us taxes. You'd be like, get out, I don't live in California. Go away. What, what gives you the right? That's how people here are going to feel. So. New York City has 36,000 police officers 36. and 19,000 civilian employees. So right. that's, you know. 36,000 officers. Think about how small that number is. Oh, it sounds big, 36,000. How many people are in the New York Metro? You want to look it up? Is it 12 million? I think it's like 9.5 or something. God, I thought it was 18. Met, is it nine? Well, nine in, 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 the, in the Metro, you've got other police outside of that. So let's just say city proper. In the, in the, in the, in the city proper jurisdiction, what's the population? 20 million. In the city? Yeah. No. Uh, New think, York metropolitan area no, no, population. No. The metro includes like Jersey City and, and things yeah, like things that. Things outside yeah. of New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So city population proper, I think, is like nine or something. I can, I can pull it up. I'm looking at, at it Let's right Let's now. get it. Let's, let's get it. it. NYC. Let's look up the uh, the official city oh, population. 8.4 million. 8. 8. We As of 2013, 8. it was 8.4. 8.8 as of 2020. I got it here from Wikipedia. April 1st, 2020. 8.8 million. That's, wow, that went down. Yeah, man, crazy. I'm pretty sure it was higher than that before, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's in decline. So 8.8 million people. If, let's say, uh, 1% of the population of New York just, uh, let's say they got infected, they got zombie virus. They're, they're running around. 88,000 people. There's not nearly enough police officers to deal with that. 1%, if 1%. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back in time. And let's let's go back to a time when New York had 100 people living in it. If 1% went nuts, no problem. One guy, one guy running around, they just, they just tie him up. Then you get to the point where there's a million and 1%. Now you've got thousands. And that's getting much, much more difficult to deal with. With 8.8 million people, 1% of the population outright just going out and saying, you know, hey, we're going to riot. The police can do literally nothing. And that's why in 2020, the police could do literally nothing. Too many people ride it to overwhelm the police force. Doesn't work. So what do you do? Uh, I'm open to new ideas. You know, the United States is um, an experiment. It's, it's one of the most experimental governments maybe to ever have been tried. Well, I don't know if that's, I can't claim that, but it's, it's government is experimental. And to think that we could split up states and move them around and move around counties, I, that's fascinating. And it could be fantastic for, for communication and for the peaceful you know, settlement. Let's, 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 let's talk about the New York Metro, 20 million. The New York Metro is 20 million. So this includes uh, just north of, what does it go to like Westchester and like Jersey City and Union City and Long Island a little bit. Right. Dirty Jersey, I think. Dirty yeah. Jersey and all that stuff, Bayonne or whatever. 20 million people. If 1%, wow. If 1% of that, are we, are we looking at, is that, that's, that's uh, 200,000 people. If, if 1% of the New York Metro went into Manhattan in a rage, 200,000 people running through the streets, smashing and riding, the police would be on the first boat, helicopter, or car out of the city and say, I ain't dealing with this. You saw what it's happened? Impossible. Did you see what happened during the Black Lives Matter protests? A lot of them were like, yeah, oh, yeah. we're just gonna, I'm not going to do anything. We're just going to sit back do? and stand back. That's, yep. that, that's what I've talked about. The, 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 ma- the more massive the population... You need a massive number of law enforcement to deal with it. Imagine if 1% of New York citizens were just like, we are no longer complying with government. The police would be unable to do anything about it. And that's literally what's happening, mind you. The reason crime is skyrocketing. Did you guys see this uh, Brawl Mart video they're calling it? Yes. People in Walmart, they're just fighting like crazy. The reason why people tended not to fight is like, I don't want to get arrested. Like, 
you know, I, I get it. Now, no one is getting arrested. They know they're not getting arrested. So they're like, what do I care? Now you've got a dude buck naked running around the subways of New York. New York subway city, uh, uh, New York City subway killings are, are 25 year high. Yeah. People being pushed onto the tracks. Young women being murdered because they know they're not getting arrested. They do. The, the police cannot deal with it. So it's a cascade effect. When 36,000 cops can deal with the crime and people believe the police can deal with the crime, crime is lower because people are worried. Criminals are like, you got to be careful. The cops will get you. Now that confidence is being shattered, it's going to create a snowball rolling down a hill effect where more and more criminals are like, cops aren't going to do anything. Yeah. This is why, according to some estimates, ridership in the New York City uh, subway system is down significantly because a lot of people are afraid to go on the New York City subway system. It's also one of the main reasons why people are fleeing New York City and escaping a lot of these failed policies that were implemented and, of course, bought for by George Soros that, of course, planted a whole bunch of district attorneys and woke individuals into government that, of course, are pushing policies that are absolutely nonsensical. Obviously, there's a legitimate conversation to have about criminal justice reform, yes, but when you have that same criminal justice reform being turned to punish people for political thoughts and ideas, when you have the, the Manhattan district attorney focusing on Donald Trump as violence is engulfing that entire city, there, there, there should be someone saying, hey, you should get your priorities straight. Hey, we shouldn't be letting criminals off into the streets that are extremely violent, that are going to be hurting people. Maybe we should stop focusing on punishing people for their political ideas, and maybe we should actually start serving and protecting the, the population of the country. This is really cool. Check this out. This is the uh, a map of the New York metropolitan area. So you can see that you've got, you know, like New York down here, but it goes up to Putnam. It goes up to Pike County, Sussex, Morick. So it, it, it's massive. Suffolk, all of Long Island is basically included in it. This is, it's massive. And just put it simply. And I, I don't know, we know there's 36,000 police in New York City proper for 8 million people. I wonder what the total police population of the entire New York metro would be. I would imagine it's not relative. Uh, it, it, it doesn't scale. The amount of police you need in like Somerset is substantially less per per person per capita than you would need in a very dense New York City. So my view is going to be it's 50,000 for the entire metro, maybe. Yeah, but uh, but, you know, at least we're going to have 87,000 IRS agents, according to the Inflation Reduction Act. That was, of course, promptly promoted by Bill Gates, who's openly bragging how he was the one that came forward with this bill. So who cares about real law enforcement? You could have IRS agents walking around armed with guns. They just got to do the, the robo drones. Stealing your money. The, the, the dog drones. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, you, so, so when you act a fool, the drone flies to your house and then it dispatches the little dog guy with the gun on his back and it, citizen, you have violated the law. And then you're like, ah, crap. Ever you punched a dog? Um, no. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I think that you're right. Not a metal one. That it's it doesn't scale. Like it, plus the streets are too small. So like even if you had ten times the cops, they couldn't even fit to to stop the crowds. So this is why they're going into anti-terrorism laws. They want strategic defense against this kind of stuff. They look for like ringleaders. They want to take it out at the source so that big crowds don't proliferate. And drones. I'm very concerned about the use of mechanical drones in, oh, yeah. in police defense, like they're doing in China. They literally quadcoptered in. A Boston Dynamic. It wasn't a Boston Dynamic robot, but it was a similar model. Like that, the dog robot. Yeah, with a, with a gun on its back. And the drone drops it. Yeah, it, like, that's one way. Really small drone police force. It's terrifying, oh, though, because it can be co-opted and hacked and stuff. Terminator scenario could very well happen. And I know, like, in the movie, it's this, it's this fanciful AI that, like, 
I guess Skynet declares war on humanity or whatever robots fight humans. It could be as something as simple as we program robots for law enforcement. We give them specific parameters, but humans are imperfect and the programming is imperfect. And then all of a sudden, all of the robo dogs think they're enforcing the law perfectly and they're just targeting anyone. It, it could be as simple as this, right? I'll give you an example. I talk about this, doc, the Doctor Who episode where they go to this planet. Everyone's dead. And there are robots that have these screens with smiley faces. And what they discover is that the robots were programmed to keep people happy. When, some, when an old woman died, a member of the colony, everybody got sad. The robots tried as hard as they could to make people happy, but it wasn't working. Then they found that if a sad person came into contact with a happy person, the happy person became sad. Why? Sad person told them old person died. The robots then started to view sadness as a contagion and decided for the sake of happiness, it had to kill anyone who was spreading negativity like a virus. Of course, that made everybody freak out and very, very unhappy to the point where they just killed everyone. That's a good example of what happens. We'll make these robots and be like, assist law enforcement. The robot drone will be like detainment protocol, suspicious activity. It'll approach a person and they'll be like, yo, get that dog away from me. Then it'll be like suspect is fleeing. Suspect is fleeing. Deploy countermeasures. This causes the person to get tased, trip, fall, hit his head and die. A bunch of people in the area then go, that thing just killed that person for no reason. They all start screaming. And now now the robot, robot goes, assisting a criminal, assisting criminal. All of these people are now targets. And then all of a sudden the robot dogs are attacking every random person and the AI runs amok. We think we're beyond that, but these things can happen because humans who program this, these machines are fallible. And of course the programming will be as well. And then before you know it, you'll have that other black mirror episode where the robo dogs are going around hunting people. And what was it like? Amazon was delivering things that they didn't want to them. The AI was just giving them things. Yeah. Man, that was a crazy episode. I don't remember that part of it. There were robo-dogs like patrolling. And there was a factory that just mass-produced goods for humans. And there was like a resistance. And then, okay. it, tur- yeah, yeah. And then it turns out that the humans were, were already extinct. And that the people who you thought were humans were actually robots created by the oh AI. Oh, my gosh. Because the AI needed humans to fulfill its purpose of delivering goods. Oh, God. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, the, the, the robots will be networked. And it, I think it's important to not start calling them dogs. Keep always remember these things are robots they're not animals um and so keep that in mind don't get tricked into to speaking their language and they're going on networks and networks can be hacked and viruses can cause things to malfunction and- but but you know look ian like you gotta admit everybody's got like the part of you knows how exciting it would be to like live in a post-apocalyptic world where you have like a baseball bat on your back and you're foraging for food and then the robot comes and then you get into this epic video game like battle fighting with the robot with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At least that's what people probably assume until they actually get into a life or death situation. Adrenaline kicks in and they're begging for begging for safety and say a savior to come. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's funny when people think uh, there's a there's an old joke my friend posted a long time ago. He said, I want and encourage a zombie apocalypse. And it's like people actually have fantasies about being in the scenario. And then it's just like, man. Anyone who's ever been in a real life or death situation is going to tell you that you really, really don't want anything you don't want like that. Smoke. No way. Nope. 
Have you been close to stuff like that, Serge? Uh, a few times in my life, yeah, unfortunately. Just being in South Africa, it's kind of uh, the nature of it. And also living in L.A. for the last three years just kind of puts you up against it, whether you like it or not. You what did you notice in L.A., Did you uh, the change in the city the last three years? Uh, I'd say if you're everyone living in L.A. right now can definitely say that after the pandemic, after 2020, things definitely got a lot worse. Uh, you kind of can remember L.A. before, you know, the pandemic started, or I guess it's just the lockdown started. The before um, times. Yeah, the before times. I've literally said that before. Um, but it kind of just hit the fan more so than it already was hitting the fan. And it seems like, to me, it's almost unrecoverable at this point. I don't want to say that it is, but it definitely seems that way. Well, I, I agree. It's a snowball rolling down a hill. What was crazier, South Africa or L.A.? That is a great question. Uh, I kind of realized when I was hearing about carjackings, uh, home invasions, uh, people just being mugged on the street for their money and their jewelry and et cetera, that I was like, all right, my parents brought me to this country to take me away from that. It's time for me to like, you know, make my next moves. Oh, that was the stuff that was going on in South Africa? Yeah. Uh, that was going on in South Africa, yes. But uh, when I started seeing that in L.A. and living there in L.A., I was like, okay, this is this is time for me to start just like debating my next moves because just it's not what I it's not what I'm here for. You know, it's not what I want to be around. You know, so yeah, it's definitely gone worse since the pandemic. I bet anyone else in the chat can rip and yeah, well, yeah. Got to get away, man. Got to get out of those cities. All mm -hmm. right, we're gonna go to super chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and share the show with your friends? Be the notification you want to see in the world. We are being censored. We're hearing it from many people. So share the video and also become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a members only uncensored show coming up at about 11 p.m. But for now, we will read your super chats. Here we go. Ferret Man, he says, since you plan on playing cartoons at Freedomistan, one that I recommend is a Netflix series Oddballs by YouTube animator Theo. Is it Fiad D. Stout? Fiat, Fiat is out. I don't know what that means. Not only is it great for all ages, but it has subtle anti-wokeism. Episode 8 villain is clearly Fauci. Really? It's on Netflix called Oddballs and the villain is Fauci? You want to write that one down? Well, I'll, see if I, I'll send you a trailer of it. Netflix so series Oddballs. Episode 8 villain is Fauci. Wouldn't surprise me. that. Yeah. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. is in the chat. He says, Tim, it's great to see folks wake up to the grift that is AOC. Spirit fingers. Then the cult pledge at UM Medical School. The fight will be long, grueling, but victory is in our sights for the line. Less than 25 days now to vote these people out. Do you guys see the University of, I think it was, was it Minnesota? Where they're all chanting mindlessly about supporting indigenous medicine and health equity and stopping white supremacy. Yeah, This is cult yeah. stuff, dude. I did not see that. Very, very creepy, man. Alex Maggiori says, I probably pronounced your name wrong. On your 4 p.m. show, you said keeping gas low is to help with midterms, but I disagree. I think they're trying to keep it low long enough for Republicans to take control to salvage the 2024 election. I don't know what you mean by that. I don't understand how that would, that would work. All right. KPTM, uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, that's what it is. Tim, I know Bill Gates is the move master, but you should check out Microsoft's open source election guard tech. It's a way of cryptographically verifying the integrity of election results. Really? Is that true? 5420 USD super chat. Well, interesting. Rocket Sauce says, Tim, got the notification today. However, today my feed has been inundated with TimCast IRL segments from two years ago. Algorithm has clearly changed. Interesting. I wonder why that is. I wonder why. Yeah, hmm. so do I. Maybe they want to make sure people don't watch our modern episodes during the midterm, and then you only get outdated information that won't help you. There you go. 
Pup Shepard says, did you see the gaffe CNN Weathers Twitter liked a not safe for work ABDL tweet today? It was weird. It was up for three hours, took screenshots and everything. What is that? ABDL? I don't know what that is. No idea. Let's just say it was naughty. Triton says, Luke, thank you for sharing Johnny's story. I'll raise my glass to this young man. Though you may have lived as a man for only a few short months, your final moments showed the courage of a hundred men's lifetimes. Cheers, mate. Yeah, Johnny's an incredible, you know, human being. He deserves to be remembered. And his story is just absolutely insane. Again, he, he saved a, a lot of people from a mass shooter. He, he, he's a hero, without a doubt. And then what happened? The police responded. The pol- a police officer, even though he didn't meet the description of the shooter, even though he was, he bent down, he, he took down the, the mass shooter, he took away his firearm, he went to, to a corner, and he was kneeling down in a corner, taking uh, the magazine and bullets out of the, of the gun. He wasn't pointing it to anyone. An officer opened the door, and behind the door, shot six times, shot wow. him once in the butt. And then they let him bleed out for 40 minutes and they didn't call and they didn't, the EMTs didn't get him in over 40 minutes as he bled out and died wow. as he stopped a mass shooting in, uh, in Colorado. It's, wow. it's absolutely disgusting. I was just there uh, in Colorado. I talked to his friends. I talked to his family members. I, I released the YouTube video. It's on the YouTube channel right now. We are change. Murph tries DIY says if Trump was elected as House Speaker, would that give him a better understanding of the rot inside the administrative state? Perhaps. A lot of people, I mentioned this earlier, that uh, if Trump, if, if they impeach Biden, people are like, oh, but then Kamala Harris becomes president. And then it's like, what if he, what if they're both impeached? Well, then it's Nancy Pelosi. It's like, no, 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 no. Any kind of impeachment will only come after Republicans take the House, in which Kevin McCarthy would probably be speaker. If the House then impeaches Biden over this quid pro quo and Harris, then you'd need a conviction, which is not going to happen. But let's just say it does, then you'd get a Republican president. I, I think they absolutely should nominate Trump to be Speaker of the House. The Republicans wouldn't do it, though, because Republicans are terrible. It'd be fun, though, wouldn't it? Speaker of the House, Donald Trump. Does he have to be in the Senate nope. for that to occur? It's just Congress, but in the House, he doesn't have to, no. So they can they can choose anybody, but they typically just pick somebody who's in, in, in the House. Yep. I think that'd be great. Camel of the Mojave says, on this show, they blame corrupt politicians and corrupt private businesses. And the answer is the corrupt people voting for endless warfare. On this show? I'm not sure I understand. The answer is the corrupt people. Are you saying all the people are corrupt? I don't think they are. I think there are corrupt people, which they have to hope that there's more not corrupt people who are voting against it. There you go. All right. Let's see what we got here. Let's grab, uh, let's grab another super chat. Mike Giovanni says, pronounce nuclear correctly, Luke. No, don't <laughs> tell me what to do. A lot of people are pointing out that uh, Drew Miller is on the show. He's a PhD in uh, nuclear bat- wartime. Nuclear. He, he kept saying nuclear. Mm-hmm. And oh. people were like, he's got a PhD in this stuff. Like he's saying nuclear. Maybe, nuclear. maybe we have it right and everyone else has it wrong. Nuclear? I don't, where does that word even come from? I never understood that. I don't know. Yeah, I think Bush was saying it for a while back. In the nuclear. Day. Nuclear. My parents would always hate that. Yeah. Huh. It's nuclear. Nuclear. That's how mm. it's pronounced. Kaiser C says, I just had to put my little buddy Tanner, a cat, down an hour and a half ago. He doesn't have to suffer anymore. Mm. Thanks, guys. You make life more bearable despite the sad parts of it. Sorry to hear, man. These things are uh, are, are a part of life, but uh, you got to have a good little buddy Tanner for a long time. Tanner. Yeah. We got Bocus. I think Bocus is going on three or four years old. I think mm. he's, he might be four. And he's out doing Bocus stuff. He has a cat. 
He's just outside chilling, looking smug. That's what cats do. Yeah. Today. Thank him for being cool. He's a little terrorist. I don't like him. He just killed. <laughs> he just killed a squirrel. There's a poor squirrel downstairs. Again? Yes. He loves eating squirrels. And he squirrels. has blood all over himself, and then he tries to go in the kitchen counter. Oh, oh no! Really? Yes. Yeah. And then I'm like, no. He goes what? into the skate ramps because nobody can get him, and then he just sits there for hours eating squirrel oh, body. Wow. And the squirrels are like, compared to him, they're like a third of his size, or maybe like a fourth. So he's like carrying this squirrel in his mouth, just trotting along all proud of himself. I'm proud of him because for a while he was going after baby rabbits. And mm -hmm. it's like, come on, dude, be a man. That's a much more sympathetic victim, too, as a baby rabbit. Baby. Come on. It's like imagine a dude like this ripped 220 pound hunter guy going like, I'm going hunting for baby deer. Like, what? That's not impressive. That's sad. Give me a buck, a big win, you know, win victory in your hunt and feed the family, not just killing babies. You're yeah. supposed to let the babies grow up. That's why it was like we all made fun of him. Maybe maybe Bocus got the message when we were mocking him for killing a baby rabbit and he and he he, had, he, he graduated to adult squirrels. Okay, that's more <laughs> acceptable. Those are bigger. F in the chat for Tanner though. Yeah. Kerry Green says had twatter for less than 90 days, been banned again for making fun of VP Harris's ability to drive a stick shift. You guys are awesome. Keep up the good work. Yeah, that's how they do it, huh? Maybe Elon Musk will actually uh, actually take over at some point. And then this will all be uh, uh, just a hor horrible nightmare in the past. Let's grab another super chat. AOC's birthday today. She's 33, I guess, from reading from the It's her birthday today? Happy birthday, yeah. Alex. Wow, happy birthday, Ocasio-Cortez. David H. says, what are the odds that Zelensky has dirt on the Bidens, and that's why the U.S. is giving Ukraine so much money and support? I think there's a probability, that's for sure. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people are spreading these memes. It's really funny. They claim AOC is super rich and they claim Tulsi Gabbard is too. And I just never understood that. Yeah, there was a thing that went around saying that her net worth, uh, Cortez's net worth $22 million, And then she responded to her. She's like, dude, I still have student loans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. It's like, I'm sure she's she's making good money now. She's probably making more money than you realize. But come on, $22 million? Yeah. And then there's a meme going around saying Tulsi Gabbard owns a $10 million mansion and a $400,000 car. And I'm like... I just don't really believe that. Yeah. Fake news. Yeah. Don't believe everything you read. Those websites where it's like they tell you someone's net worth, those are all fake. Yeah. They'll be like, you know, one of them said Ian was worth like $5 million. Yeah, 12. It's a 12. It 12 fluctuated. And then the next next week it was 1.2. And then it was like, I don't 12 know. 12 million. Yeah, I don't know where they got Unless the Ian's secretly lying. Well, the, I have stock in mines, that, mm -hmm. which is worth, I don't know what mines is calculated at. It's a private company. So oh, there you go. Billions. That's probably worth a lot. Ian's a secret billionaire. Billions. <laughs> Billions. The judge says gas was one fifty nine a gallon the week of the presidential election. Wow. Jeez, that's crazy. Those were the days, man. Those were the days. All right. Beep Boop says, Tim, if you're looking for a good new show, you should you should watch Arcane. I say this because you're constantly saying there's no new good shows. Am I saying that? I just finished watching Better Call Saul. That wrapped up the last season this year. And uh, I give the, sh the whole series a 10 out of 10. But the ending really was like, eh, I guess. Did it feel forced? No, it felt D like nothing. Don't spoil it. Okay, you're watching it. Yeah. The ending, I just, I just was un, I, I was un, I was unenthused. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You know? I'm in YouTube clip phase on that one. You know, I, that's pretty much how I do most TV now. Is I, I sample it on YouTube. If I watch enough clips, I say, okay, maybe it's worth watching a series. And then I watch the whole series in like a weekend, just binge it. Yeah, right. YouTube shorts, you mean? I usually yeah. watch yeah, like YouTube shorts. Yeah, that's right. right. Oh, I watched She-Hulk. Oh, I, I no can way. now definitively say with the finale out, it is possibly one of the worst shows I have ever 
scene. Yeah, yeah. And I am going to spoil it for you because I hate it that much. And it. I have no respect for the show. Shots out Gundam. There's no season finale. The last episode breaks down into, okay, there's an AOC scene. Seriously, She-Hulk, there's a scene where this woman, okay, so a bunch of dudes, misogynists, are trolling She-Hulk because women, I guess. And so someone, the, the, to, to bait them, the friend of She-Hulk posts She-Hulk dancing in college, and she's wearing thick black glasses with her hair down, and it's very obviously an AOC thing. And that's like, and they're like, sick, fine. And then for some reason, the Hulk is there, the Abomination's fighting, Titania's fighting, and then She-Hulk just looks at the camera and says, this is a really stupid story. It makes no sense. And then, she, and then it cuts to a fake picture of the, of the Disney Plus streaming menu, and she punches through it. I'm not kidding. And she goes, ah, here we go, and jumps into a different movie. And then for the next 15 minutes, it's her walking around Marvel Studios in real life. And then she meets Kevin Feige, who's actually an AI. And she just says, the story's bad. And he says, okay. And then she goes back to the story and the story's over. Yeah. She goes absolutely. back and it's like, that's the end of the story. And she's like, there we go. And for all, all for, like, I was just like, what? They like, call that, the Greeks would call it deus ex machina, where oh, but, at the very end of a movie, there's some godlike creature just appears and tells you it was all a dream and everything's solved now. I mean, well, deus ex machina, uh, uh, what does it mean? The god, a god from the machine? Yeah, yeah. Or it, god it, in the machine. Yeah. It basically means that as the writer of the show, you can you can make anything happen. And so deus ex machina is then like, oh, uh, Superman, he died, but he's alive now because uh, a meteor came and it, it reignited his Kryptonian blood and mm -hmm. he's alive. So uh, this was worse than that. This was like, I know, let's end the show by not concluding any elements of the story, resolving none of the lingering issues, and telling you outright, it doesn't matter, you will never know, and it was all one big waste of your time. Yeah, such lazy writing. If anyone wants to watch, uh, I think shouts out, what's his name? Uh, it's a Gundam. I forget his name, anyone know that guy? He's done like, a Gundam? whole serious breakdown on it for no. the last while now. She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. It's a Gundam is the guy's name? Uh, I think so. I took something like that. I just know Gundam is like his title on YouTube that everyone refers to him as. All right. A Siri Design says, Rick Santorum. Oh, no, we can't impeach him. Okay, well, uh, Rick came on the show, and uh, it, was, it was great to have him. You know, people are a lot of disagree, and he said we shouldn't impeach Joe Biden because he should only be impeached for things he's done while president, not for past things. Well, now we got it. We got a quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. So they should impeach him. Outright. The yeah. moment they win, they come in on what, January 3rd or something? They should immediately be like, okay, articles of impeachment, all in favor. There you go. Vote. Do it. He should be impeached over this. I am not confident Republicans will do it. Because while you'll get Marjorie Taylor Greene for sure, and, and many Republicans will sign on, you're going to get another half. We're going to be like, no, come on, guys. You know, we have to be above all this. And the Democrats will reject it. And then there will be a majority in opposition to impeaching Joe Biden. Welcome to the modern era. Dracona Force says the NFL just aired a commercial about Election Day and how important it is to get educated and let your voice be heard. I'm sure they hit the demographic they were looking for here. I mean, what if they're getting a bunch of who is the kind of person who likes football? They're probably more likely to vote for Trump, right? Yeah. So good. Whatever. I don't know. I, I think, though, that one of the ads said that if you vote in this election, it will decide all of the issues that matter most to you. So this was clearly has to be the person who wrote this ad's very first election, if they believe that. All right. Travis Tolbert says, Tim, Trump literally threatened to drop thermonuclear bombs on Moscow and Beijing. 
Your stance is tantamount to opposing World War II lend-lease that kept our allies from falling to the Nazi regime. I actually criticized Trump threatening nuclear weapons, saying it's really bad. But at the very least, the the fear of Donald Trump actually prevented the escalation of war. So it's like, you know, is it perfect? No. Is it good? It's kind of not that good that Trump had this behavior about him. But uh, it's certainly better than Joe Biden and, and the Democrats or whatever, and many Republicans getting the U.S. involved in a border dispute with Russia and Ukraine that could result in World War III. I just don't see the reason for it. I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, the Lend-Lease program was after the Nazis had conquered Paris. It was very overtly that they were attempting to take over the world. Alkis SB says, Tim, bring Elad Eliyahu to debate with Luke about Ukraine. Oh, yeah. Have you met Elad yet? No. Oh, we got it. We got to do that a lot. We got We'll have you back on so you can debate with Luke. It'll be the, the, the loudest and most raucous show we've ever had. <laughs> so when we so what's it, his stance? He believes in an American a unipolar world that the United States should be expanding and, and actively uh, actively the world police to prevent a multipolar world, which would be more dangerous. And so when we were arguing about war, he's very much in favor of U.S. operations and expansion and all that stuff. I'll get, I was getting I got triggered. I got so mad. I, I I think we should have Cassandra here as well, too. Yeah, Cassandra would be great. <laughs> I, would, I, I would prefer Cassandra and this other guy. No, but Cassandra but, but, could handle herself uh, just by herself. She's a, she's a very strong uh, woman uh, who I think could handle the conversation a lot but, better uh, than uh, I can. But with that being said, Elad's fantastic. He does ground re- field reporting yeah. for us on the ground. He's really, really great. And I actually uh, respect that we can have these arguments. And I got really mad and I apologize for getting super mad, but yeah. it's cool that we can have those conversations Absolutely. and keep working together. Yeah. But yeah. I just, you know, war. Yeah, I, I just don't believe we need gonna. war to stop war. That doesn't make any rational sense to me. Yeah. You can't. Well, no, no, I, I got pushback on that. I mean, people say fighting fire with fire when they do controlled burns. They'll burn a strip of like of the yeah, ground. Yeah, but if there's the no fire, fire why in the world do you need fire to stop the fire? That doesn't make any sense. And I think essentially that that's the core of the argument for war. I just think the issue is as a farm and there's a small farm next to it and they're fighting. And so we're two miles, two, three miles away. And you were, we're like, I know, let's bring weapons to one of those farms for some reason. And it's like, why, dude? Like, neighbors are fighting. Let's not be involved in that. You know, what? And World War Three, great, great. That's what I want. No, no, thank you. All right. Andrew says, don't underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. Obama, apparently. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Quote. All right. Comment, uh, Commander says, question for Ian. Are you excited for Victoria 3? Um, I have Crusader Kings 2. I think it's a paradox game. I haven't gotten into Victoria series or the uh, universe, Europa Universalis, which I also have. But I was looking at some gameplay footage of it. It looks pretty cool. It's very diplomatic, which uh, is pretty cool. I like the conquering aspect of Crusader Kings. I guess short answer is no, but I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on it. Thank you. All right. Tim Jake says, Luke, are you saying the coalition would not have liberated Kuwait under U.N. Charter Article 51 if the baby story was not there? The U.N. would have gone home and left Kuwait under Iraqi control? Uh, No, the situation is far more complicated. And the geopolitical perspective and picture uh, was was more than just, hey, they kill babies. We've got to go in there. So there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, especially when it came to a lot of the secret discussions between Saddam Hussein and George W. Bush and the promises that the U.S. government made to Saddam Hussein, uh, as, of course, the United States was working with Saddam Hussein in order to fight the Iranians as well. So mm-hmm. the, the picture is far more complicated. But for uh, an emotional standpoint, the war was sold to the American public as 
going after these baby killers. And it, it allowed emotionally for the United States people to be like, okay, I understand this. I'm not going to protest this war. This is a war that we need to fight. Trace Ventura says, was Linda raptured or banished to the shadow realm? Raptured, actually. Uh, she, you may she, also notice that Seamus isn't here either. Mm-hmm. So all a, the good people have left. It's just us. They, they yeah. both uh, are at a monastery now, and they pledged uh, you know, for virginity, and we wish them luck. It was a banishment to the Shadow Realm, actually. Uh, Lydia inadvertently activated Luke's trap card, and uh, it's entered to the Shadow Realm. The portal is still open. Yeah. Yep. We miss you, Linda. All right. What do we got? Miss Mary says, I want to know what Luke thinks about Tulsi Gabbard being on the forum of young global leaders created by Klaus Schwab. Seems a bit sketch, IMO. Yeah, we talked about that in yesterday's video. Now, uh, I think it's important to point out that she says that she was put on there without her permission. But there's other people countering that saying, well, if you're implementing policies that they really like, that's also something that we should keep a close eye on. Yeah, and like Zuckerberg's on it. And, yeah, uh, and, Cren- and, son. and Crenshaw's also on there and his defense is, I, I didn't do anything. They used my photo without permission. Yeah, well, I think he was saying is that it's like an editorial thing where it's, it's not like they come to you. So I was featured in, uh, in the Time 100 nominations. So there's, there's 200 people chosen and then 100 get selected for the Time 100. I was a nominee. No one told me. One day I woke up and Time Magazine said, Time 100 nominee Tim Pool. That's what they're basically saying, that the editorial yeah. board would just says it. Now, her, her relationship with the CFR, I think, is, is definitely worth looking into. Benjamin Dover says, good name, by the way. As a truck driver, I completely agree. Maryland drivers are probably the worst I've encountered on the road, followed closely by Delaware, Illinois, Massachusetts, and New York. Why do you think that is? Just proximity to D.C., what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a little of that. I mean, Rhode Island used to have the the bad reputation, too, because they didn't require people to own auto insurance. So you could get into an accident with a Rhode Island driver, and you might get yourself into some trouble. Wow. Yeah, Utah's had a bad reputation for that for a long time. All right, Archimedes says, first super chat, instead of or in addition to states breaking away from other states, what if states passed legislation to form their own electoral college for their state that elects state positions, such as governor? I think, uh, I don't know, could work. You guys want to hear a joke? Yeah. yeah. So I went to a restaurant and the waitress came up and said, can I get you something to drink? Well, me being clever, I said, whatever floats your boat. Uh, water, right? When she came back, she brought me an empty cup, except for a piece of paper in it that had Archimedes' law of water displacement on it. Nice. Ha Cool. Oh, explanations for dinner. It's an old joke from the internet I heard a long time ago. Archimedes' law of water displacement. That was him, right? Is that it? I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Uh, I thought I was going to get a cup of ice cold water. How clever. Kevin Bergman says, I'm fourth gen state of Jefferson. Our flag is two X's representing rejection of Salem and SAC. PDX full of first generation progs who don't respect the rest of Oregon. Looks confirmed. Archimedes principle. Archimedes principle principle states that the upward buoyant force that is exerted on a body immersed in a fluid, whether fully or partially, is equal to the weight of the fluid that the body displaces. And you know, gas is also a fluid. Interesting. Yeah. You ever see the video where the Mythbusters float stuff on top of, what is it, um, sulfur hydroxide or something like mm-hmm. that? Sodium hydroxide? What's, what's the gas? Could not sulfur, maybe. Idea. But it's a really dense gas. It's invisible. And they pour it. And, you, and you, you, it looks like nothing's happening. Yeah, and then they put oh, yeah. like a paper boat and it's floating on it. Right. I remember this one. It's, it's the thing that you want to look it up when you inhale it. It makes your voice really deep. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. I remember that. That sounds that. pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. 
DJ Madero says, Tim, I live in Bend, Oregon. We have five different police forces in the city limits. Wow. Sulfur hexafluoride. There you go. Sulfur hexafluoride. That sounds about right. Voicel Satan gas. Is that what it is? Because it makes your voice really deep. Yeah. Super low. All right. Slavkai Nikki says, Ian, I've punched a dog before when I was a kid in order to protect my little brother who was being attacked. He doesn't like me, but I'd do it again. Well, that's not unreasonable. If a dog's attacking you, you have every right to defend yourself. Yeah. I mean, you can punch a person if they're attacking you and you're defending yourself. You're supposed to do it, right? DJ Montalvo says, it, it, if you could get It's a Gundam on as a guest, it would be great. He offers very funny commentary on cultural issues. Yeah, funny guy. Well, there you go. Let's take a look. Richard Adams says, if you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Vote for you for what? Mm. No idea. Dog catcher races are getting wild now. That's right. All right. What do we got here? Dan Ines says, I think the comment about keeping gas down until Republicans take over was implying that Biden plans to blame the cost increase on a Republican Congress. Yeah, but if they win in November, it's not they're not going to be actually in until January. So there's a gap there. No, this was about them winning. They needed gas prices to stay low so they could win. Let's see. Booty Sexful says, New Hampshire general election is November 8th. Just filled out an absentee ballot. I will be out of the country for reasons, but we'll be hand delivering soon. Don't forget to vote. It's important. What did, what did I read? I read somewhere that New Hampshire New Hampshire's draft registration rate is 100%. And I'm like, that sounds kind of <laughs> odd. That doesn't sound like New Hampshire, you know? No, uh, it doesn't. They but, do have a huge state legislature, though. Yeah. You know, maybe. All right. DD Mega Doodoo says, Tim's nice. Law. If the conversation goes on long enough, Tim will almost certainly use having chickens as an analogy. P.S. Jimmy Akins has a full episode on those pixies from yesterday. He would also make a good guest. Oh, yeah, yeah. That um, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle believed in pixies. Is that what's, that's what it was? Yeah, I think so. Or fairies in particular. Fairies? But, yeah. Mm. Great username, by the way. You're on. Fallen Angel says, Tim, it would be like the movie Chappie where South Africa uses robots to augment their police department, then a rogue employee rewrites their code to make the public afraid of robots. Mm -hmm, that's true. Yeah. Or maybe like District 9, yeah, when like aliens District come 9, yeah. and then a guy gets sprayed by alien gunk, which turns him into an alien for some reason. Mm -hmm. That I did not understand. I didn't get the part of <laughs> it was like It was like a battery or something. Well, I don't even know. I have but no idea. Well, have you seen it? Yeah. In the it's theater, like, it was a very weird movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked it, but I don't understand why, like, he was putting a battery together and then the gunk from the battery sprays him, turning him into an alien. Mm -hmm. Like, what is, I don't understand. I didn't that. get that part. Yeah. I mean, South Africans will know it's actually a reference to District 6. They just flipped it over to District 9. It's the whole thing. Yeah. I'm not going to get into it right now, but. Yeah, it's like about segregation and apartheid and stuff, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yep. Tina Collette says, Black Mirror, LOL. Last week I received a package from Amazon. I neither ordered or paid for it. It was a seven-pound faux marble toothbrush holder. Ugliest thing I have ever seen. What the hell, dude? We've had that happen before, but it's rare. Where we've gotten a weird package delivered to us we didn't order, and we just like, mm, we don't accept it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what yeah, this is or suspect. why. Yeah. But it was like, I can't remember what it was. We've gotten weird stuff like books. I'm just like, I don't know. What? Mm. It's just weird. weird. Yeah. But uh, we know for a fact that it was like somehow, you know, you know what it is? I think... Recently, we ordered something and they gave us the wrong thing. So someone in the warehouse probably put the uh, wrong thing in the okay. box and gave it to us. True. Yeah. Let's grab one more. What do we got? 
Steve Smith says, all right, hear me out. If LA and New Jersey can have two teams, why can't Chicago have two teams, at least one in the AFC they can actually root for? I don't know. Sure, I guess. That'd be cool. All right, my friends. Smash that like button if you haven't already. Become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only show coming up for you at 11 p.m. You don't want to miss it. Share the video. Be the notification you want to see in the world because, unfortunately, we are being censored. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me at TimCast. You want to shout anything out? Jim. Absolutely. I think everybody needs to not vote if they're going to vote the wrong way. But I'll leave it up to you what the wrong way is. Hey, that's good. Yeah. You got social media or anything or a website? Yeah, you definitely. You can follow me at Jim Antle, which is not Mickey Mantle, but it's J-I-M-A-N-T-L-E, on Twitter.com while it lasts. Right on. That's true. While wow, we still have some kind of voice. Thank you so much for coming on, Jim. Appreciate you. Uh, my YouTube channel is We Are Change. Today's video highlights the story of Johnny Hurley, a uh, big member of We Are Change Colorado. Learn about him. His story, I think, is very important. A lot of people need to hear about this. Uh, the shirt I'm wearing, we are selling it. All the profits are going to the Johnny Hurley Foundation. YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change. Thanks yeah. for having me. Oh, death. Definitely, Luke. Definitely, Luke. I'm glad to have hosted you tonight. Uh, Bye, everyone. Ian Crossland. Hey, catch me at iancrossland.net or just follow me on social media anywhere. Jim, it's great to see you, man. Good to be here. And Tim, you weren't wrong. According to USA Today from 2019, registration dates varied from, this is a selective service, 100% in New Hampshire Mm. to 63% in North Dakota. Wow. And just 51% in District of Columbia. I can't confirm if that's true, but you probably did read it. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You guys can follow me at Surge.com. I do read the chat comments. I do respond. It is actually me in the chats at Surge.com. So I'll see you guys there tonight for as long as I can hang out. Right on. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.